What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 224. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, coming to you from the interrogation room this morning. Hopefully, I survive through the remainder of the show. We shall see. If not, you're in good hands. We'll be fine. Joined, as always, back with the Fantastic Four, Mr. Rodriguez, going on a fishing trip this morning. How you doing, mate? I'm here. I'm excited. Who's all up there with you? In your uh, uh Mariano Pampa is here with me Pampa He's sleeping in that bedroom over there. I'm probably gonna wake him up. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just just Pampa, that's all it's just you two. Yeah, it was supposed to be four of us. It's a long story. We'll talk about it later. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As always, the uh who the host Hogue himself who took care of us last week, which I greatly appreciate. He is back. He's had a, an interesting week. Um, but he's here. He's ready to talk all things games. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Ains. Yes, I'm going to try to keep my voice to a reasonable level because I'm still hurting from that seven-hour stream I did on Wednesday. Uh, I think we did 14 videos on my channel this week, so hey. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> 14 videos in a week. You're out of control, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have fun there. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And apparently, you know, writers to piss off. And I've already pissed off some this week, and I'm looking forward to pissing off IGNs today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to talk about that, of course, and uh, set the record straight. Let the record reflect is maybe what we'll call that segment today. Um, <clears throat> but, of course, last but certainly not least, the Dapper, as always, and partially tired. And I this week, I understand why as I join him on this West Coast. Uh, early a.m. show. Uh, good morning, sir. What's happening, Travis? I am feeling mediocre. <laughs> is that different from normal or? Five out of yeah. ten. I mean, I think self-reflection is always important, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's good to be back with you guys, man. It's uh, So for anyone tuning in, chat, good morning, everyone. Good to see you guys. Um, I am broadcasting live from a condo in Seattle. I'm out here for the Halo World Championship. It has been an absolute blast. But as you can see, if you could see what I had to do to try and set up the broadcast this morning, because, um, you know, I forgot a camera and microphone when I traveled out here because I was running around like a madman. So um, it's a disaster. So I'm surprised I even look uh, this decent, arguably. On the yeah. camera, but um, I want to hear about yeah. the production light setup because is this yeah. just a hotel lamp aimed at you? Um, it's way better than that, Hogue, and I will send you a picture after this. But okay. this, I'm in a bedroom. That's mm -hmm. the door. That's my bed. You look lit. Uh, <laughs> it has two. There's no normal light in here. It has two bulbs about that big dangling from the ceiling. <laughs> so about 20 minutes ago, I rerouted this one. The, the wire all the way around and is now hooked, hooked into an extension cord that it, the rope is up, flung over the ceiling fan. Nice. Which is dangling in the middle of the room like a light bulb that would swing back and forth in an interrogation room. So, oh, so we really can make that happen. Give it a little yeah. swing. Yeah, it could happen right now. Tell yeah. me where you were. <laughs> I've got a table that I dragged in here from the living room about 15 minutes ago, and it's a disaster, but we're making it work. We're making it work. I wish I was there mm -hmm. to lachief you in the chair. Casino <laughs> <laughs> Royale, anyone? Classic it's movie. Gonna be that kind of show know. today, I guess. Gonna be that okay. kind of show. Yep. Um, 
We've got a lot to talk about today. It's been a, a good week for games. Uh, I was traveling all week. I flew to the East Coast. Now I'm on the West Coast. So I haven't played much. It's been hard to keep up. But we've got Plague Tale review, Gotham review, uh, Mario and Rabbids review. We've got uh, Modern Warfare 2 Early Access is out now. <clears throat> and I'm sure Travis has a few other games he can't even talk about that he'll mention. Um, we've got a few comments to get to, but we had the Silent Hill Showcase. We had Resident Evil Showcase. We got God of War impressions. So in terms of uh, games to discuss, it's been a good week. So let's go ahead and jump into that. But before we get to the actual games, of course, I want to get to a couple comments um, as well as a question that we got from one of our regular viewers, uh, Sardinisms. So this was just a funny question that she asked, um, and I said I'll. She asked it last week, but I said I'll wait till I'm back this week because I actually have a story uh, that I can share. But she said on the spot question for you guys. So have you ever lent out a game or some type of gaming device, I guess, to a friend and never got it back that you regret? And conversely, have you ever borrowed something from a friend, acquaintance, what have you, that you never gave back? Man, I mean, I can answer this. No. I am uh, by by DNA or by spirit or otherwise uh, pretty much opposed to all debt and uh, debt related uh, uh, items and, and controversies. He paid for uh, his so, house in cash. So no, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to uh, to borrow my games, and I don't borrow yours. Uh, that's uh, God. I can remember. I can remember like third grade Hogue saying that to somebody. So it's been pretty much a lifelong philosophy. You should see his children's opinions on sharing. Very unorthodox. <laughs> Very unorthodox. <laughs> the parent-teacher conferences are always like, yeah. "Does not share." Yeah. His his uh his kitchen has a, a photo of the Care Bears with the crust out of it. You know, no <laughs> sharing. Yeah, it's great. It's a great policy. Oh, <laughs> well, up, I've got man. an interesting one for you, and this is a true story. <clears throat> so, as you guys know older collect tons of video games from from the 8 and 16-bit era i lent my brother this is like 20 years ago now but i lent my brother my sega master system one of them i had multiple sega master system and like 30 original games in their cases right and i sent them out to him uh actually when he lived out here in seattle and um what happened was is that his something like his ex is now ex-wife's uncle or something they were in this cabin where they were staying and he uh, burnt the whole thing down. So he set it ablaze for some reason. Something happened with the family. Cabin went to ashes. I asked my brother, hey, can I get my Master System and my games back? And uh, they are dust. And I never saw them again. You know, this is like, this is like a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Now now we learn about the dark history of Ains's family and why he is yeah. honing in from a prison encampment today. Yeah. So right. It all makes sense. Yeah. It all adds uh, up once you get all the pieces for sure. I really didn't think we were gonna hit major violent crimes uh today. <laughs> I did. I fully oh, okay. expected this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can keep going if you want, but I'll leave it there for now. It's only a matter of time. No. I you know, I don't I, I've never done it myself because you know i kind of value my stuff a little bit more but my kids i've noticed are very just free with anything that i buy them and sure. it drives me absolutely crazy like i, I have one, one of my kids this has actually happened m multiple times hey can i come borrow one of your xbox controllers i'm like yeah well yours broken do we need to fix it no i gave it to my cousin you know because his didn't work 
I was like, does his parents not have money? Because I'm pretty sure they do. Like that kind of stuff drives me like value your stuff. Yeah, you know, and just See? it just it drives you should, me. Crazy. You should have raised them. Like, you should have raised them like they do in the Hogue household. Then they would never yeah. share anything. I need yeah. that. Yeah, I need that Care Bear <laughs> sign. I know. Apparently, I know you got to do it right, man. A lot, yeah. uh, but I grew up for a period of my life very poor. And when you grow up poor and you don't have things, when you do get something, you take care of it and yes. you cherish it. Now, I still yeah. get people asking me why, like my iPhone, I've had it for like four years. It doesn't have a, I don't have a screen protector on it because it doesn't have a single scratch on it. Like it take, you know, I don't drop everything I have is like pristine and it's because I didn't have anything. And so I take care of my stuff. So I don't know, Travis, if you're the same way, if that's carried over. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything I own is in pristine mint condition. Like it's my most cherished possession, um, which uh, when I was when I was a poor youth and some would argue I still am, uh, I I uh, <laughs> I I tended to be an expert at borrowing things like my goal was to be like the best borrower. Like if at, if at all possible, I would return your item to you in better condition than it was so that you'd be more likely to lend something to me again. Um, but, you know. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I want to believe in people. So I have lent and lost many things over the years. And I think the final straw was a copy of Kirby's Air Ride for the GameCube that I never received back and uh, was quite a prolific title for me in that era. And also now happens to be worth a lot of money uh, if you can get the physical copy. So I, uh, I lost that copy and I think it kind of burnt me on uh, lending things forever. And I also figured, you know, if you're going to lend something to someone and they're just going to like lose it, you might as well just like give it to them. That way you seem like a better guy, even though you were going to lose it the whole time, you know, but you, exactly. you're an extra points this way. So I give people things when I'm like done with it. I'll be like, yeah, you know, here's, here's an Xbox. I don't need, aren't I a generous, generous guy? Cause if I let yeah. them borrow it, I'd never get it back anyway. So I might as well do the like nicer it. thing. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. might as well. Yeah, I, my wife looks at me when I do this and I get mad about this stuff. Like, oh, you're, you're such an ass because you're not, you know, letting the kids, you know, it's like, listen, listen, if they need something, I'll go buy them a $15 Mad Cats off of Amazon. I'll have it at their house in a day or two for, with, with prime shipping. No problem. But that $70 controller, let's pump the brakes a little bit here. You know, well, it's wired and... <laughs> Hey, listen, if you can't, I'm sorry, you know, I'm going to help you. But I'm going to help you my way. All right. It's not a big deal. You know, my bad. But yeah, I'm, I'm a bad person. I don't person. get involved. Yeah. Okay. We could sit, this could be a two hour show about, yeah, <laughs> about my in-laws. So no, nope. I, I'm going to. I'm going to come out on, I'm going to come out pro sharing as the only person in this group. And also yeah. the only, the only non-father, I feel like. Uh, I'm all about know. sharing, despite okay. what you might say, Travis. Okay. But when you lose possession of the good, we've got an issue. So you can absolutely yes. share in a shared environment, 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, you got you to gotta be careful with that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think to Dan's point, if you do have stuff going out of your house and not coming back, the lesson is I'm not going to replace that. Right. That was a choice you so made. You, so yep. you um you are pro sharing, but you make them sign a uh, a loan shark agreement. 
No, we have collateralized documents here as well as promissory notes. So they just they're nice. right off the shelf. No problem. Nice, nice. That's good. That's good. That's smart. <laughs> well, excuse me, Sardinisms. Thank you for the comment. Uh, we've got uh, kids, care bears, marital arguments, arson. We covered it all for you there. I don't think you expected that. So, and we haven't even gotten to what are you playing this week? Yeah. <laughs> what are we playing? <laughs> We, uh, we did get a comment last week. I'm going to let you guys comment on because obviously I wasn't here. But basically, Travis, in the conversation around 30 FPS debate with Gotham that arose last week, um, you got we got a couple comments on the show from last week around that saying they disagreed with you. So I'm going to read this one from uh, Josh Ford, who said, Counter to Travis on favorite games not being 60 FPS. Gran Turismo 4, all the way back on the PS2, as well as Wipeout on the PS3, both were 60 FPS. Lower FPS games always bothered me until I switched to PC. Um, my enjoyment is hampered when FPS is all the way down at 30 FPS, and it only becomes more noticeable as 120 FPS plus phone screens, gaming monitors, etc. have become more streamed through the years. So I cool. still have not listened to the entire episode from last week, so I don't know mm. kind of the nuance of how you approach the the conversation around Gotham. No nuance. No, <laughs> whatsoever. Um, no, uh, my argument was that 30 FPS doesn't really matter for most games. And it certainly isn't the end all be all of what you should judge a game by, which a lot of people were saying, oh, well, if it's not 60 FPS, you should just write it off entirely, which I just vehemently disagree with. Um, I will say that he mentioned two games that run 60 FPS. They're both racing games. That's a bit of an edge case, I would say. Uh, and also... Um, you know, maybe, maybe you don't like racing games at 30 FPS. I, I would, uh, very much be interested to see if you feel that way about other genres of games. Uh, you know, I get it for certain genres. I get it for racing games. I get it for FPS. Uh, there, there's certain, uh, situations where you would argue, okay, well, if it's not 30 FPS, uh, I don't want to play it. That's fine. That's your decision. Um, I don't think it matters to most people, especially if developers do creative things where they can get around fps there's also you know the conversation around frame timing versus frames per second you know gotham knights holds that's bloodborne's major issue that's right yeah bloodborne's gotham, damn near unplayable yeah gotham <laughs> gotham knights uh holds a steady 30 fps most of the time not really but it it's frame time is terrible which is why it plays so poorly when you're when you you get the hitches and lags and that sort of mm. thing we're not allowed to with that because we're not talking about gotham knights yet yeah. Um, what I will say is I disagree with Travis pretty much entirely on the 60 frames per second concept. Anytime you have direct input over your character or your car or your airplane or whatever, 60 frames per second feels better. It feels smoother. And I would, I would, if I were in the development houses, I would prefer 60 frames over whatever random lens flare you add that takes 20 <laughs> frames off the top every single time. And I think, I think developers sometimes lean towards screenshots um rather than gameplay and i think that's been hurting the game community for a long time and i think this transition the only reason i'm okay with you know you'll talk about god of war 16 or whatever we're on um and the the transition being between the generations that gets us to 60 frames per second on the new generation it, the only reason i'm okay with it is because we get that benefit to the pre to the performance and if we're not going to get that anymore from places like plague's tale or gotham knights or whatever i uh, i think they're making by far the wrong call and i hope they get dinged pretty hard on it yeah, so my argument, of course, was not yes. that 60 FPS isn't better. It's that it is irrelevant to whether the game is good or not most times. 
it's not irrelevant. I mean, it's the freaking feel of the game, Travis. Yeah. And if the, the how if the it feels to play is irrelevant to how it plays. If it doesn't affect the, your experience, then you can muddle through fun. anything you want, Travis. It absolutely affects the experience. So do you, do you, um, do you hold accountable all of your favorite games that are 30 FPS because they don't run 60? Is that part of your, your judgment call? You go, Oh, well, it's not 60 FPS. So. Well, I mean, I think even in the PlayStation 2 era, you were getting smoother gameplay and better action from like the Ratchet and Clank series, which was selecting 60. Absolutely. Yeah, that's because you're old and you think that. Yeah, makes sense. Like, like, do you boil your steaks? I I feel like if you had like a really nice A5 Wagyu and you're like, oh, man, look at this big piece of meat. It's delicious. And then you just boil it. It's like, yeah, it's still A5 Wagyu. It's, you know, a good cut of meat, but you boiled it. (laughs) You know, and it's just, you know. I'm good. I'm going to go to the wood fireplace and get that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think I get fully fifty percent of what your point is, Dan. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm less than fifty. I think. He, I think he's saying. I think he's saying it's that if you have something that's like a prime game, like that is, you know, an excellent AAA game, why exactly. would you ruin it with only thirty FPS? I mean, I agree with that statement that you should. You should go for better performance. Sixty FPS does feel better, generally speaking, but there's. You know, there, there's too many examples to prove you guys wrong of, of great games, 10 out of 10 games that don't run 60 FPS. So if that's true, obviously, no, no, no. See, Travis, you're coming out of the wrong direction, right? So you can take a great game design and great voice acting and great whatever that makes that game a, a really good game. And then let me ask you the question Would it be better for running at double the frame rate? I mean, unless I see it, I don't really no, no, know. Hold on. We don't it, need to lawyer this. Would it be better running at double the frame rate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yes or no question. I'm Witness? telling you, I don't know. So oh, I, I mean, I, I haven't played it, but let's let's put it this way: frame rate only really matters when everything else doesn't matter. That's what I'll put. I if, just if think you're, you're flat if, out if, wrong. If you're playing a game that is a 10 out of 10 in every single way, except for it runs at 30 frames, 30 frames doesn't matter. But if you're playing a game that's a 5 out of 10 in every way and it runs out of 30 frames, then it matters. If you're playing a game that's a 1 out of 10 and it's terrible in every way, but it runs at 60 FPS, 60 FPS doesn't matter. You're answering a different question, and you know this because you're a smart guy. Because your question is stupid. Because your question is stupid, so I'm not answering it. So there you go. You can't lead the witness. <laughs> not even about you can't lead the witness. I'm telling you, the frame rate only matters when everything else doesn't matter. Hey, All look, right. I'm happy to visit you. I miss Rhode these Island. guys. I mean, I miss Hogue, I've Hogue, I've seen your opinions online. I know you have bad taste. It's fine. I'm okay with it. I accept you. I love you. I embrace you as my brother. But you're wrong, sir. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. All right, folks, you heard it here first. A 30 frames per second game just magically becomes 60 frames per second. He cannot commit to that magically adjusted game to be better than the 30 frames per second version. For the reasons that I've stated, that was not the question I've answered. And, and I know you refuse to answer the you're question. You're strawmanning me very strongly. Yes or no? Here. I'm not strawmanning you. It's an easy question. You, you take your favorite 30 frames per second game, you double its frames. Is it better? We literally <laughs> talked about this last week with Valhalla, right? Like, we, you know, it <laughs> went from 30 to 60. And I was just better. like, hey, this is way better. You know, it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. what it was before, it's better now. Sure, right. it's still the same. Valhalla, game. Valhalla is a better game at 60 frames per second. I'd say that I because I've seen that. I know that that's true. Right, Do I right. know that you know some you know old game, a visual novel game, is 60 frames per second? Do I think that's a better game? No, 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 no. I think, no, it, no, no. Probably, I I think it has zero. Control. I think it has zero Hold impact on. on the game. No, I was very specific. 
direct control over a player character or car or airplane or whatever, that frame rate matters. Yeah, you want to bring in visual novels? It doesn't matter. You win, Travis. You got me. Sure. Or what about like Walking Dead or something where you have direct control, but it's not really high intensity. That's my you point is your, que your question is vague and ill-designed. So why bother answering it? <laughs> I don't answer your question for the same reason I don't respond to toxic comments in the IGN comments section. Why bother? That's my answer. All right. Hey, man, I think you explained yourself just fine. I think people can judge that answer for themselves. <laughs> Likewise, sir. <laughs> we haven't I talked about a plague tale yet. Oh, now, man. we got plenty to talk about. We haven't even started anything yet. That was just oh a comment. God, what time is it? <laughs> I love you guys. I missed you. Yeah. So I'm going to say that. Um, I'm not going to read this one because uh, we're going to move on. But there was a comment yelling at you guys about your ignorant comments about meta and VR. So <laughs> mm. deal with that as you deal with that as you see fit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, bunch of game releases we can finally talk about. Travis has been a very busy guy uh, with game reviews. Um, I reviewed Plague Tale as well during travel, uh, and the team at SG has been reviewing like crazy too. So we've got Plague Tale review out, we've got Gotham review out, we've got Mario and Rabbids review out. Um, and uh, as we speak, of course, Modern Warfare 2 is being played because Early Access Campaign launched uh, this week as well. So Let's start with um, let's start with our Plague Tale reviews, Travis. Um, and I know I don't know Dan or or Hogue where you are in the game, but uh, Travis, I read your review. Of course, I'm in Innocence. Nice. Oh, you, you haven't even started. <laughs> yeah, yet? he he needs to beat the main story. We talked about this last mm -hmm. week. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Um, so I know that uh, I read your review, Travis, and um, and I landed in a very very similar spot. Uh, what I said what about it is that. Huh? What was your score? Uh, 8.5. Oh, nice. Okay. And I I don't know about you, but I, I've told people that I had, as you well know, because I was yelling at you in DMs over that one bug I got, which drove me nuts. And I did have a few kind of bugs along the way. But I think, uh, you know, artistically, sound direction, gameplay elements are all better than the first. Um, and I think what brought it up for me a little bit at the end was that the final two to four chapters really, I mean, they get crazy, right? They really go over the top, but they are very cinematic, very well done, just just very well kind of designed from a narrative and story perspective, if you're into the crazy story, of course. Um, so I thought that was really well done. And I think the production value in this sequel, they really upped it to another level. Agreed. Since I won't have a lot to add to this conversation, I will say it is amusing to me to hear you guys both describe the end of Innocence and Requiem almost in its entirety as crazy because all I've ever played of this series is just kind of like French poor plague people. Yes, it's so weird. I actually have a friend who is in the same situation as you, Hoke. He was like, he read my review. He was like, so you're saying Requiem's like t super over the top because Innocence wasn't like that at all. And I was like, how far did you get in Innocence? <laughs> I learned what he did and I was like, okay, you should finish that game. It's got a very real risk of losing me again because I'm telling you, I'm playing Innocence and I'm just like, eh. Well, yeah, well hold on. Because everyone, environment so thing. Yeah, yeah in Innocence does get crazier towards the end. That's but what if you think that Innocence gets crazier towards the end, wait till the end of Requiem. 
Yeah, they go to Requiem, whole Requiem goes real hard on hard in the paint. It's, Again, it's, to it's, me, it's just a girl in France. I, I mean, I don't know what. To, yeah, you gotta, <laughs> we got a problem. We got to get, get these siblings out of it here. It has I a very know. slow ramp, and I think you know <laughs> if you're if you're not into the the whole you know puzzles <laughs> of light and dark and running around rats, then it, you know it's it's not going to grab you because it's very slow. But two definitely picks up the pace and makes things crazier. So maybe okay. just jump to two if you don't care and you'll go to two and go, wait, what? This is very different. I'll just jump in, remember. go to the previously yeah. on. It's like, wait, he's, he's Cthulhu. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote that, you know, I think the worst part about the game, both of them is really, which sounds ridiculous. I realize, but it's really kind of the core gameplay elements. Um, there's, there's just, yeah, there's just not a lot to it. And, and they do mix it up a little bit in the second one. You have more abilities. You have some companions that add some things. But generally speaking, it's very similar. And I think that's the weakest aspect of the game. I think I mentioned in my review, if I recall correctly, that it reminds me in some ways. I think I'd reference Naughty Dog than Last of Us directly. But you can tell that there was some Last of Us influences, especially in the second game. Um where yeah, the, the developer actually said last of us was one of their inspirations oh. i think that was like they set out to that. make yeah they set out to make like a double a you know last of us experience and see if they could replicate that formula well, and, it, and it shows it's the it's the it it's the it's the naughty dog formula of story experience ambiance first and gameplay dead last yeah you know, yeah you're right and, and, and funny enough there's a moment i can't remember where in the game but there's a moment where the soundtrack's really strong the music you know the the sound direction is amazing but there's a moment where like a it sounded like a detuned guitar was playing while she was walking with hugo and i was like i'm literally playing plague tale last of us right now yep um but um it very clearly draws inspiration and they're yeah. not shy about that either the developer's no. like yeah we like that game we want to make that game all right, cool. Yeah. And and I think that's really what they went for because as you get further into the story, you get about the midway point of the second one. And then like I said, the last few chapters, it gets really cinematic, it gets really kind of over the top. And um I really enjoyed that, but I could see to Hope's point as well, and I mentioned this in my review, that the gameplay itself is just it's not super intriguing. I'm gonna so, try to power through innocence. I, I you know, I got right to the same place and I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, it's funny I, uh, to me, right? Because I'm the narrative, world building, cinematic ambiance guy, um, and uh, it's uh, maybe it's too slow burn for me because I, I know Travis and Ains and everybody else has a, a alien transdimensional aliens come in, and uh, there's time travel or whatever the heck happens in this game. All uh, that, but all those things, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, this is super boring. I am bored. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to Gotham Knights. That is oh, how I feel man. about uh about Death Stranding. So I feel you, man. I feel like it's Death like every, every, game of the year every, everything year. about it is like, yeah, this is this is sort of cool ambience, this cool world. And then I'm like, I'm just bored. I want to go play it's, not Gotham Knights. It's funny because literally I'm reading your guys' comments, so thank you. Um but uh I think it was Jibs said uh they're both Innocence and Requiem are 10 out of 10 games for me. Good. And not two comments later, we get someone that says Plague is a poor fest. So again, <laughs> play what you enjoy, right? If you don't like it, fine. Play something. I find there's, myself getting bored. I, so yeah, there, there's, there's too many games to waste time on games, like trying to force yourself to like a game. If you don't like a game, you don't like a game. Go play something you like. I'm still trying to go defend yeah. that Plague's Tale Innocence money I spent back, you know, however many years ago. You got to go, yeah. Get, try to go get that bag back. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dan, oh, I know we talked uh, a couple weeks ago, 
um, when I was last on them. You know, you had your rant about indie games, and you were talking about Plague Tale coming up. You were, I know you've been looking forward to this one for yep. a long time now. Um, yep. Where are you at in it? Uh, I made it to Chapter 2, and I decided uh, I'm going to not play this anymore uh, until either... You know, they released a 60 FPS patch. You know, for me, I mean, I know it sounds it sounds petty. It sounds petty, but you know what? That's what I like. I've been spoiled by, I think, the promise of this performance from these new consoles that I'm not even sure. I'm starting to kind of think now that I'm we're kind of sold a false bag of goods here. If this is the way the developers want to go with with what they want to do and and make these games. You know, if they opt for the 4K, you know, and it looks amazing. I mean, it looks really good. I'm not going to say it doesn't look great. But once you start playing in that 60 FPS, you know, realm, I guess, it's it's hard for me to go back. Like, I, I, I don't play any more games at 30 FPS because I shouldn't have to because that's what I was promised. And this is what I was expecting this gen. And I feel like this is like the Xbox One X PS4 Pro all over again where it's like oh you get this boost of performance and then it's just like yeah this is really not that big of a difference so i mean i'm sure the story's great it's fine i prefer my steak wood fired that's all i'm saying it's probably so amazing let me you know. let me ask you dan and i put this in my review because i realized oh by the way you reminded me so thank you last week while i was uh in the car and you guys were talking i think it was real radic asked if consoles were limited to 30 fps on plague tale and i told him no um which was i kind of half want to apologize for because they're they're i played it in the 40 fps mode which is if you have hdmi 2.1 and a 120 frame tv you can play with 40 fps and for me it was a pretty smooth experience there i think late game when there's like a million things going on on the screen there were some frame drops a few times but other than that, I didn't have any issues. It felt really smooth. But realistically, not everyone's playing on H on Series X, HDMI 2.1 with 120 frame TV, which means you're limited to 30. Um, and so I just wanted to, to mention to Real Radic, uh, sorry about that. I misled you. Um, I thought it did have a 60 frame mode based on other people I was talking to who were playing it at the time. I was wrong. Um, but to your point, Dan, um, yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I... Hey, like we just said, right? If if you're not feeling it, don't play it. But I know how yeah. much you like the first one, and if you like the first one as much as you did, uh, once you get through the second one, you're you're really gonna like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like that they'll do that eventually. Maybe. Uh, I mean, the, they 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 updated the last one. I think it's a, it runs at 60 fps, and that's fine. You know, it's just, just my personal preference. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I can't tell you anything more past chapter two. So. You know, that's fine. And it, like I said, it looks gorgeous. I think it would look, you know, and, and really, you know, to kind of Travis's point, it doesn't, the gameplay doesn't really necessarily lend itself to that faster frame rate, but it doesn't really need it. Also, yeah. yeah, you really don't need it. At the same time, I know what it would look like, you know, because Innocence plays at 60 FPS. So, yeah. I, and, you know, and so look, it, maybe so if it was like, 60 man, FPS, it would, it would be a better game, but it would be, I think a marginally better game. And so like the conversation around FPS is so oversized compared to how much it actually impacts the game. Right. Like it probably wouldn't really reflect reflected in my review score unless it was, you know, significantly 
smoother experience and i had a bunch of frame rate hitching at three that's resolved you know that sort of stuff but uh i just think you know it it developers shouldn't be limited to this arbitrary like oh i have to sit x hit 60 fps or i'll just get flamed by reviewers or nobody will want to play my game if you don't want to play a game because it's 60 fps i think that's totally within your right obviously i think it's a bad decision because i think there's lots of games that you're going to miss out on that are good that don't hit 60 fps but you know it it doesn't really matter unless everything else doesn't matter so no i agree i agree I, with that. Um... I, and I, I i it's not the developers i'm not even mad at it you know i mean that's their prerogative they made the game far be it from yeah. me and if you, you play know, the game you know why it's not it. at 60 by the way if you play the game you know why it's not at 60 they have thirty thousand rats on screen at the same time yeah, they oh, all yeah, for independently sure. yeah, like it's it's ridiculous totally get it. so, that was know, a choice and, right yeah. they made a choice but i mean we can we that's can the game they wanted project. to make that's what we do that yeah. yeah exactly but that's the game they wanted to make and i think yep. uh you know, that's fine. Great, but we can I, pref I prefer 30,000 rats to 30,000 frames. That's all I'll say. <laughs> a lot of rats. I will grant you, I don't the, need 30,000 frames. The RPS counter. But I think, yeah. yeah, I think when you play this game and you get into it, right? When you visually, it's astounding. Um, and then on top of that, the sound direction in the game might be the best I've ever heard. Um, and I'm a stickler for that. Um, so you can kind of really tell where they put the resources and, and really that goes back to the conversation we're all having and, and Nick's just commented as well. Um, but to, to Hogue's earlier point is when they set out to mandate your tenants of your game, right? Early on in the development process, does a developer, should they say this hits 60 FPS? Like that's a mandate, right? And then minimum is 60 FPS and then everything else comes after that. And I think just what Travis is saying is that if a developer doesn't want to do that and just kind of prioritizes graphics, sound, or whatever other thing, 30,000 rats, so be it. Yep. So I'm totally cool with it. I got no problem yeah. with those guys. I mean, it's, it me, like I said, it's probably, just play it. Just I'm, play I'm, it I'm, I'm struggling. Here's the thing like, I, I didn't actually buy it, and I don't have Game Pass. My son has Game Pass, so I've been playing it on his or my <laughs> Series X because I gave my, my Xbox to him because his. You're sharing. Game. Yeah. Well, I just want to, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to even get into that, but it's just, I went up there to play it and, you know, he was at school. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to jump on there. He's got a really nice monitor and all this other stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. And I was just like, man, this is, I want to love it. But at the same time, you know, I, I feel like the, the more, the older I get, the less I have time for, you know, other crap. So my gaming time kind of shrinks a little bit. So I want to play stuff that, you know, and the worst part about it is there's really nothing else out right now that, you know, this should be like my my game. You know, this is one of my games that I was looking forward to this year. And I was just like, man, it, it's disappointing, but I'm not mad at them. You know, that's yeah. totally their prerogative. I would not describe now as a time where not a lot is out. I was I was going to say, Dan, we got to expand your, 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 your uh, I don't know the word, I'm tired, but you got to expand yeah. your purview of, of the things you play. You know what I'm playing right now? Ghost Recon what? Breakpoint. That's where I'm at. Oh my God. That's where I'm, I'm sorry. at. God. That's I'm bad. Sorry. Wow. That's okay. where I'm at. Yeah. Yep. I will say uh, the last comment on Playtale is, um, as I said, if you're playing on the 40 FPS mode, and which I forgot to mention earlier when I said about the HDMI 2.1, you have to have a variable refresh rate as well. Um, but if, if you have all those things, um, it does not feel like a 30 FPS game. You don't notice it. So... All right, Gotham. Yeah, real quick. I've been waiting for the. I've been waiting for this one, boys. What? 
real quick shout out. Breakpoint is really good now. He's right. It's actually really good now. Is that true? Who would have thought? I, I, I've I, heard yeah, that from a lot of people. I can't speak to that. That that it's game great. was real bad. I played that game when it came no, out. Dan, Me Dan too. Reviewed it I reviewed us. it. It was rough, but it's it's much better now. Sixty frames. You know they they changed a ton of stuff on the you know just how you play the game. They they tons of options, tons of options. It's great. Stuff. Is it cool. is it just tech options or did they fix all fix all the other stuff that's totally they fixed? Bad about they the basically game. made uh, the option to play it however you want to. You could go back and play like Wildlands. There are options for like how much, like like do you want it guided? Do you want it not guided? Do you want it? You know how much is on your HUD? Do you want the the level for the guns? Just no levels for the guns or levels for the guns? You know, I mean, you can go in there. There's a ton and ton ton of options. Plus, they added like two expansions. There's, I mean, there's a ton of stuff, and it's. I, I'm having a good time. And didn't they so. didn't they adjust it to a, a line a lot? I believe from a loot basis and kind of build basis. Yeah. The division, right? They redid it. Right. They redid it. Where where originally the guns were kind of level based, and you would find it, and you'd have to like, you know, now all the guns are basically what they are, right? Or you, and you can do either one. You know, it's up to you if you want to play it like how it originally released or the new way, which is more like wildlands was with their okay. you know how the the guns worked in wildlands um, okay it's funny so, you know, yeah, Breakpoint got... is saying that it's really good now too i've heard that from a lot of people yeah that's they added the splinter cell dlc right i remember yeah. seeing that so i guess the game yeah. got developed but uh my it's so funny i have such a weird story with breakpoint which is like right out the gate i was just so upset about that game like me too <laughs> I was looking through the the avatars and, you know, somebody with my body type, it's really hard to find an avatar I can relate with. You know, I was just just looking through all these like military bros with beards and I was like, ah, none of these are fitting. None of these are fitting. And so I figure, oh, you know what I'll do? I'll make a super cool black guy. I'm just going to make like Shaft. He's going to be hella cool, super swagger looking. I'm just going to make that guy. And I put him in the game. And then they only have one default voice. And the default voice is, hey, guys, I'm just like the (laughs) whitest nerdy voice I've ever heard. And I was like, all right. Screw this game. Uh, I can't even be cool. And they make your character talk all the time. So it was just like the worst voice for the character I made. And I was so upset. And then I, since then, I've talked to some of my black friends who are gamers like Cog. And they're like, this is an epidemic. Like we have to deal with this <laughs> all the time. We're like our characters have white voices. And so that's kind of it kind of opened my yeah. eyes a little bit. But uh, I, I, that game really got off on the wrong note for me just for that. No, I totally get it. Speaking of which, a, a beautiful shout out to the the sometimes lovely online gaming community. I, I I don't think I told this on here before, but I in my games, like every game I play, I just it's whatever whoever I feel like making at that moment, like character wise, right? Like I I don't make myself all the time. I make all kinds of random people that I like. Um, so in PUBG, I am a black female. Um, ponytail, you know, kicking ass out there. I got a really bad hate message the other day. Or not the other day. This was a while ago now, months ago. But about using directed towards my black female character. And I was like, there's some really sick people out there, aren't there? Man, good Lord. So, ridiculous. Anyway. All right, let me get these super chats because I want to get to the Gotham Knight conversation, which I've been just, I'm going to get some more coffee and sit back and get the verses up on the screen. I'm ready for this one. We're in total agreement. (laughs) super sticker oh i didn't see it yeah uh midnight dreary with three dollars super sticker thank you very much we appreciate it very much midnight dreary appreciate you i didn't see the sticker but 
and Mariano Pampa, the guy right next door. Uh, $10 Super Chat. Ains, can I borrow your Master Chief and Cortana Funko Pops? I told him to go <laughs> steal them because you were occupied at the moment. So you know where they are. Yes. Sure. Yeah. So this is a joke. As I said, for those who came in late, uh, I am broadcasting from a condo in Seattle. We're at the Halo World Championship. Mariano Pampa is right next door in the other bedroom. Um, we had things here with us to get signed by Jen Taylor and Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief and Cortana. They've been hanging out at the place. Um, and I have the original Master Chief Funko Pop number one, as well as uh, Cortana. Uh, and the two of them signed are probably just those two little Funko Pops, probably worth about $1,000. So we were carrying those around in our backpack yesterday. And uh, the joke is that he's going to run away with them. Yep. So just do it. Thank you, Pompa. Chance, man. Now's your chance. Good. Good to see you're awake. Yeah, because of you. <laughs> Google Man 81 with the five euros. How many rats would you say are there in total in Playtale Requiem? Not only in Chapter 2, so, I can't um, imagine. I would say, Travis, you think about <laughs> The developers did a billion? blog post about this, so they, they actually gave us like a pretty hard number. They said that there's 30,000 rats on screen at one time in certain parts of the game, and I think they said that the total was in the millions, so there's a lot of rats. Oh. Easily, yeah. like easily in the millions. Yeah, there, there's, yeah, there's moments late in that game where you don't even, it's rat apocalypse. Like it's hard to even describe how many rats are on in the game. It's ridiculous. They destroy cities, <laughs> yeah. like instantly, just yeah. like a flood. That's crazy. Yeah. So thank you guys for the uh, super chats this morning. I appreciate you. All right, Gotham Knights. So Travis, you reviewed Gotham Knights last week, obviously before the game released which was an interesting choice by Warner Brothers development staff. Uh, but before the game, the release, they said 30 FPS. We had that debate and then we get the reviews. And, uh, you know, I know we joked before and certainly, you know, I hope people realize not joking in a negative way, joking that since this game debuted, right. It just didn't look very good to me. Um, and, you know, it looked like it had a lot of faults. Um, but I know that Travis and Hogue have been playing it. I have not played it, so I'm going to let you guys go. But, Travis, you reviewed it for IGN. You gave it a 5. I know that I think the meta on it is something like 70. Um, it's a, it's a sub-70. It's in the 60s. 60s, yeah. okay. I know a couple of people came in high. I know some of your peers, that like GameSpot, I think, gave it a 4. Um, I think there's a few other kind of tough reviews out there as well. Hogue, I know we've been. I've seen in our DMs that you thought it was higher because it's, you know, despite its flaws, it's really fun. So tell me about this game, guys, and tell me where your separation is on how good this game is. Yeah, so Hogan and I actually played this together. I hooked him up with a review copy, so we, we were rolling together for a lot of this. And um, the, uh, like, I, I, we kind of experienced it together, but we diverged. I don't. I don't know how much. Hogue, have you beaten the game? Did you get through the whole campaign or no? Chapter. I chap, chapters isn't right, but six. I'm on six okay. of the main, uh, yeah. and I'm uh, on the last of the of the supervillains. Like I'm, they're on the bottom. Nice. Yeah. Um, so the yeah. So he's played through most of it. It was kind of we we played together at the beginning, and we both our early impressions were pretty negative on it. We were like, ah, oh, this isn't very good. Blah blah. And then, um, you know, I went and played a lot more of the game and Hoga has been working his way through it. And I think at that point we started to diverge a little bit because I was sort of, I wasn't where Hoga is. I was sort of at a six at the beginning. And then the longer I played, the more it kind of um, continued to disappoint me. And my overall impression is not like, 
you know, 30 FPS, frankly, is like, in my opinion, one of the one of the least of its worries, you know, like it, that is bad. It does run very poorly, but like it fails in so many other regards. It's really hard to give it a break. And so a five at IGN means mediocre. I don't think it's a bad game, but I don't think it's good. I definitely don't think it's good. And the reason for that is, I mean, the combat is super disappointing. It's very, it's very uncomplex and unfulfilling. It's, it's like, as soon as you pick up the controller, you're like, Oh, this is like not as good as Arkham Knights or, you know, the other Arkham games and that, that sort it's impossible to not make that comparison because it plays so much like Arkham Knights in every other way. Um, the story is really underwhelming. It actually starts off strong. That was one of the areas I was like, okay, so maybe it won't disappoint in story, but by the time you roll credits on it, you're like, oof, like they made some decisions. Um, and I know how you haven't seen that yet, but I have a feeling it'll lower your score. I really do. Cause I know how much you value story and the story is not good. There's um, a lot of, it, so, I mean, I, we, I, I'm not gonna, this is not gonna be my long form answer, but I will say sure. that the thing that I don't <laughs> think came across to your review is that there is a lot of production value and a lot of time and effort and energy put into atmosphere and story that to me is, um, you know, maybe the conclusion isn't, uh, as whiz bang as I would want it to be, honestly, where I am, I'm pretty sure I know all the beats that are going to lead us to lead us out to yep. the credits. Yep. Um, but um, I don't, that's one of the areas where I wanted to talk to you because I don't think <clears throat> your, your disappointment with the overall thrust of the story, I don't think conveyed entirely that there is effort put into the story when that kind of disappointment that you did convey, what I'm reading is those games that just don't even try. Uh, and so I think that that was a, that's a distinction between us um on on the way this game works because honestly i don't expect a lot of it i don't love the stories of city or night um so mm. it didn't really have wow. a big difference to me yeah interesting yeah the uh i did like those stories in fact yeah. there's some of my I mean, favorite that, that, stories arkham city and arkham knight and i think i think that's a pretty popular opinion that that arkham city and arkham knight have well as you said you're not game. looking to just be popular and to just match Correct. up with whatever the zeitgeist is these things i'm so. not but that's you know they're, they're generally beloved and i think that this will for city's an absolute mess city the, is an absolute mess of a story i actually agree on the night story i i night story i think is a little sloppy i i think for me arkham city is the best arkham game by a lot okay. um especially in terms of story um but the yeah the, the I, I i i try to give it its credit where credit is due i'd say that the world is really good of gotham and that exploring it is sort of a mesmerizing experience even if there's not a lot to do in the city which is kind of its main disappointment uh when it comes to open world and then I also say that I really like the characters. I actually do like the characters. I think some reviews it's part of the like, story, right? Like they have yeah, a lot of really good beats. Correct. Some of the some of the some of the reviews were kind of uh, banging on on the new Age of Heroes, and I actually don't have a problem with them. I have a problem with the disjointed kind of, you know, just you know, focusless jumping around and doing. Oh, now we're going to do this mission thing. You actually haven't seen some of that, Hogue. I I think you're going to be surprised by at least one thing that happens and. The last there's not missions. that much game left um, for me right you have all, i know but, but dude it, 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 it takes some hard turns where you're gonna be like what <laughs> really uh so yeah i i we'll see i feel we'll like see i'm wheeling into the finale okay well, i ahead. know i felt like that too Hogue, but I, the last two missions are doozies let's just say that well i have to um, yield to that i have not played the last two missions yeah and i and i think you'll probably end up at a six when you're done with the story because it is disappointing and i know how much you care about story i would be super um, surprised about that because here's one thing i will say I, again i'm jumping all over you travis so i do apologize this isn't fair okay. the one thing i, I mean, will i've say, already written my review so they can go read that if they want to hear my opinion. <laughs> i'm here to hear about your opinion Hope. Here, here's here's what i will say right so i've i i'm a i'm a guy with limited time i have a family i have a firm i'm an insane person with the content that i produce and 
every single time that I've gone for the last, whatever it is now, 10 days, 14 days, some, some length of time and said, what, what do I want to play? What do I want to do right now? What do I have time for? Um, almost every time I've gone to play Gotham Knights and the, the, the judgment that I have on it is every single like one hour, two hour session that I've had, I have finished that session and said, that was fun. That was a satisfying, enjoyable time that I had with that game. I do a Mr. Freeze mission as a really cool like setup and in its own map. It's well done. It always feels like a kind of big Batman the Animated Series episode with like, oh, we're going to do this bad thing to Gotham City. Uh, I patrol a little bit to get uh, the next little thing that I want for crafting. Oh, there's some orange stuff over there. I go back and I've looped around for an hour, an hour and a half, and I had a good time. Um, so to me, I, I look at that and I say, yeah, it is not as good as Arkham. Um, it is not, it's, it's not, it, it does not match the level of its predecessor. I'm, I'm fully willing to grant that, but I would grant, I would have those games at like nines, right? So I'm playing this, I'm enjoying myself every time. I'm thinking about, oh, should I play Plague's Tale? Should I play Mario and Rabbids? Should I play um, Persona 5 Royal again? Uh, should, should I play something? I, and I keep finding myself going back to Gotham Knights. I had a random come into my game yesterday and had a lot of fun with that. Um, and so I look at that and I say, yeah, to me, it's a pure seven. Seven is where fundamentally flawed games that I enjoy live. Like that's, that's what that score means to me. Um, and so there you go. Okay. Yeah. So I think we might have different grading rubric rubrics though, because seven for, the 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 rubric I have to follow because I'm an IGN reviewer is good and I wouldn't say it's a good game. It, can I can I can I make another disagreement statement on your sure. lovely employer then? I don't <laughs> think that the way that they have graded games at all communicates that. And I think a five represents something very different to the minds of your audience. That's probably true. Uh, unfortunately, that's that I think is mostly user error. I mean, we try very hard to impress upon everyone exactly what a seven is. And Dan goes into everyone's Twitter comments to correct them on whether what a seven means or if it's a good game or it's a bad game. Dan people Stapleton, say, by the way, not this Dan day. Stapleton. Sorry, yeah. my, my editor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, edi my editor is on a is on a singular quest to explain to every single person individually how our review system works. And it's uh, <laughs> it looks exhausting from afar. I refuse to participate in it. Um, to my mind, and I might not be your ideal user, Travis, the mm -hmm. five and the four from the two kings of reviews um, and one which is rapidly losing prestige um do not reflect what i feel gotham knights is on the market i would say four calling it bad is harsh i think five calling it mediocre is right on the money because it fails in pretty I much hope you do way. feel that what you gave it is right on the money yeah <laughs> of course i agree with myself here uh but what what a great uh yeah um so i, I the, the reason the reason for it is because in, by every metric it it is underwhelming and when you when you deal with that sort of like continual kind of just like uh, I'm disappointed at this part. I'm disappointed at this part and all these caveats and, and, and things that, that it, it does pour. And then on top of that, you pour the grease fire. That is the performance. It's, it's just is hitchy. I'm going to grant you. Yeah. Performance is really bad. It crashed a ton while I was playing it. You know, I had times early in the game and I think they probably patched this out thankfully, but you know, where the frame rate would drop to like, the single digits for like a full minute and then it would crash you know like i can just, tell they're working on it there's been i think they're working on it where i've seen it go much better like a much smoother frame rate. yeah like, what, what is happening I, I think they're working on it a little bit so i actually didn't even include that in my review and tried to kind of put it on my mind because it happened so early in the review process but it's um it's just all of those things combined I'm just, i just have to put it in the mediocre category of it's not a bad game but it disappoints in so many areas like 
it's probably not worth your time unless you're a huge fan of Batman and you're just going to enjoy it even for it, you know, warts and all. And if you're one of those people, I know um, uh, Luke was talking earlier about how he agrees with my review, but he still likes the game. Yeah. Great. Those people go play the game. I'm trying to say for the average consumer, if you're expecting a well-polished Arkham game, as you might assume from a game called Gotham Knights that looks very similar and, and seems like it's good, it's going to feel similar. I would just ward you away and say like, this ain't it. It's, it's and I just, think that's wrong. Just, like fundamentally, I would recommend this game. I'm not a big Batman fan. Um, and I think that this game is a good value for your dollar, honestly. And compared to a lot of the crap that I've played this fall, uh, I think it's, I think it's a strong seven. We, we have a, uh, a nice comment for you, Travis. Yes. So I was actually about to respond to that in the comments. Yeah. Frame rate, <laughs> like I said, I never said frame rate doesn't have an influence. I just said that it's the least important factor in most cases, unless the frame rate's five, then, then, you know, maybe it does matter a lot, but I would say for most games, like the frame rate only matters if everything else, like the reason it matters for <laughs> Gotham Knights is because everything else is already so bad. If it was a really well-polished game and then it performed and then it performed poorly uh, uh, in kind of counter to that, then you'd go, okay, well, the performance is a disappointment, but everything else is good, so recommend it. But it's just like consistently disappointing, and then also the performance is bad. So it is a factor. I never said it doesn't matter. I just said it's not as important as people say. People put frame rate here. They're like, oh, it's the most important factor, and then everything else, like gameplay, story, yada, yada, is down here. And I, I just I disagree with that, and I think that it should not be the guiding light for how we define what makes a game good. Uh, because I don't think that it, it's true. Well, does, doesn't it, does it matter based on the game type, though? Like a third-person melee? Yes, it matters, you know, it I matters mean, I would, based on the game type, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I, was, I would think that for something like Gauntlet Knights, for what it is, you know, that 60 frames well, action be adventure for, games. action-adventure games in the past well, have a like lot of 30 FPS. Timing, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the Arkham the Arkham games are 30 FPS. I, I know there's a remaster that probably sure. changed that, but originally they were oh, 30 Nine FPS. is a mess. Nine is like yeah. a 1080p flopping down to 900 yeah. with 30 frames per second. I think they Arkham went, Asylum... far too far. Arkham Asylum is 30 FPS, and, you know, that game has really smooth combat. You can play it today in 30 FPS. It's not unplayable. So in certain games, you know... Arkham Remaster 60. Arkham Remaster 60, and it probably feels better. But again, at a game that's already probably a 9 out of 10 in your book, does the frame rate really matter that much? I would say probably not. Okay. By the way, Volkus, uh, who asked that, he said, I'm just pulling your tie, Travis. I know he is. I know. I, and fine. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy to take the flag. I'm an IGN reviewer. I, I have thick skin. I, none of you, none of your guys' opinions matter to me. I don't care. So just come at me. Come and come you know me. what? I mean, that's equal to me, Travis. That's okay. But I hey, look. I, I think Travis is is really wrong on this uh, for Gotham Knights. And I did not expect to be the major defender of this particular game going into either the trailers or this release. I'm also, Travis is never going to let me have a review copy to work with him ever again. Uh, <laughs> not, true. not true. And I actually, I appreciated you being there because I also had other people at IGN reviewing the game, most of whom were way harsher on the game than me. Destin was pushing me for a three or four. So it was nice oh, to I've talk to you. Destin it was nice to talk to you, Hogue, and just have like a, you know, a conversation with somebody who's enjoying the game. And I personally think that it has a lot of problems you're overlooking, but you know, well, over the personal, oh, yeah, I mean, we got, let's put this in perspective, right? I wasn't asked to do a full review. I'm sure. not completed the game. I'm not writing notes. I did enjoy the process of working with Travis to kind of try to isolate crashes and, and work through that. That was a lot of fun. Happy to do it again. Uh, but well, I, I'm happy to give you codes in the future. Yeah, no, I, 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 I suspect you will no longer fulfill the uh, 
the purpose of being the optimistic person on my review party. But, uh, you know, in this case, it was an unexpected, oh, Hogue's actually the optimist. That's kind of a twist. (laughs) I'm harsh on things usually, but this and let's 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 do it another way. Right. Let's 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 cut my own legs out a little bit. I've always said expectation matters uh, to how you feel about an experience, whether it's a movie, book, TV show or game. And my expectations for Gotham Knights were very low. Uh, after the, the the video game reveals and like the, the the early gameplay stuff that we had seen, we talked about it for a couple months after those things came out. Um, and uh, what I think is that uh, Gotham Knights is a good time. The the combat is not as strong as Arkham. It's essentially a spacing game, so it's actually really different than what Arkham is, even though it uses the same kind of visual language. Which I think is probably its biggest problem is that it pretends it's an Arkham game, and then you go in there and it's not. Um, and so I think that's an issue for expectations, but as far as me coming into the game, I've been very enthused about learning about these four people who have their own little arcs in the games. I think that the stuff that they did with the supervillains where they actually have their own essential episode of Batman is fantastic. And I really like going around and patrolling Gotham and doing the things that it asked me to do. And, and, and that particular loop. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at. It's not as good as Arkham, guys. I'm not going to tell you that it is, uh, but it's a lot of fun. And if uh, if I'm just being honest, it might wind up being the game I go back to the most this fall. So I feel like I got to say that to folks. Say, hey, I don't know whether you're going to be Hogue or you're going to be Travis on this, uh, but I do think, and I've always said this about reviews, the only usefulness to kind of the aggregation is I can tell you that there's a person that out there that enjoys it, and that's me. Um, and, you know, maybe you get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> If you're one of those well, I will people. tell you that to that point, just to add. So our reviewer, uh, he played it on PC, first of all, and he has a new PC. So his the frame rate conversation didn't impact him. He said it ran pretty well for him. Um, he gave it a seven. Um, and he pretty much echoed, uh, Hogue, what you just said, which is, uh, you can read his review, of course. But yes. what he said to me in DM is, it's not great. It's not Arkham. Um, but it has some enjoyable elements. Um, and he, he, I guess he enjoyed it for what it was. So that's where he landed on it. It does have enjoyable elements. I will not doubt that. I just, you know, it's, it disappoints in so many areas. I just say, expect more from your games. I, I honestly don't think Arkham Knights is worth most people's time or Gotham Knights rather. <laughs> Dan liked that comment, Travis. I do. Yeah. Um, I also think, and, and Travis and I preach about this all the time and I talk to my guys about it. I know over at IGN, it's a big thing based on what you've told me, Travis, but the, the, the one to 10 scale, let, let, let's use the whole thing, please. Um, and I think, Travis, just to give you credit, uh, I know I've said this before, but you do that. Uh, whether you disagree, agree with Travis or not, he, he uses the whole scale. And I think that's admirable because there are a lot of people in this industry that don't. It's just a fact. So I actually calculated all my reviews and saw what my average score is for this year. Do would anybody like to guess what my average? Score yeah, but is? you've been assigned postal, nerf, crossfire. Okay. I don't think yeah, those are bringing five. it down. Those are bringing it down, and you have to count crossfire too. Okay, five. Hoax says I'm, a five. I'm, I'm gonna go lower. I'm gonna go. Ooh, yeah, that was interesting. I'm gonna go four point six. Uh, my average review score is six point five. Wow. Oh God, you need to use the whole scale, Travis. Look at this is you. right. But well, here's the thing. I've got twos and threes. <laughs> I've got twos and threes carrying it down, but. Uh, I have given some good scores. I reviewed a nine this year. I know you've got grounded, you've got Xenoblade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I got a couple games and those bring it up significantly. So that's why I had uh, six points. Yeah. You had no, a you, number. Hogue wins yeah, we, using we, using uh prices right rules. You win. I, 
I don't know about anyone else, but I think we need to petition to get Travis back on the bad games. It's more fun when he gets those, you know, these whole grounded and you should read his Gotham Knights review. Yeah, you read my Gotham Knights review. I said it's mediocre. Gotham Knights review sounds like he had to be pressed into giving it a five. Go read the review. (laughs) Um, So speaking of better games. Uh, I have not played this yet. I'm very excited to. Uh, but our review of Mario and Rabbit's Marks of Hope is out. Uh, our reviewer gave it a 9.5. He said it's wow. absolutely game of the year material. Uh, and um, it is... Uh, Hogue, you're messing me up. Hold on. Uh, he uh, really enjoyed it. I don't know what the meta... I think it's like mid-80s, high-80s, something like that. The meta game? Mario and Rabbit's Marks of Hope. Oh, hell yeah. So, um, yeah. So I I know IGN gave it a nine. Um, and uh, anyway, I, all I've heard are positive things about it. Hogue, you're making me feel like you're not going to have positive things. I like to it. be contrarian, Ains. So <laughs> apparently that's my role on this episode. I like Sparks of Hope a lot. I also think it is probably the wrong direction from the first Mario plus Rabbids. Um, basically what they did in terms of um, setting this game up is they took a kind of Mario Odyssey approach um, in that the main through line through the game is pretty darn easy. Like, it's not challenging you at all. And then they do extra stuff around the edges. Um, and so what they've built with this one, I think, is uh, has to be a little bit more loosey-goosey because they don't know exactly what your structure is going to be. They don't know exactly what options you're going to have, what how far down the line you're going to get, which makes it easier you can go it much like uh, Elden Ring, right? Like I could, I'm going to put it in names language here, right? Much like Elden Ring, you can go and do other things and then come back stronger rather than Mario plus Rabbids 1 is a very kind of linear experience, right? You're going to go and you're going to do 1-1 one, one, and you're going to do 1-2 and you're going to do 1-3. This one lands you on a planet and then lets you run around and do whatever you want. It's, it's a, it's, it is Mario Odyssey. Like they clearly said, hey, we're going to do that. Um, and so it, to me, is a little bit less... Uh, compelling and a little bit less curated in how it feels for the puzzles that it's actually going to put forward for you in the strategy. I really like it. It's good. They're doing some fun stuff. I think it is probably overrated from what I have seen. And I'm about two planets in um, to this out of five. And uh, yeah, so I would have it as materially lower than the first game. Also graphically lower. I, I don't know why that is exactly. Um, but in, in this particular section in October, I always play Mario. I always play Luigi's Mansion three in October. Uh, and so you compare those things directly and it's, it's not, they're not even, they're not even remotely close in terms of graphics. So I, I think people are, uh, liking a new strategy game. I do too. Uh, but I, my, my, my eye now moves to midnight suns because, uh, I think it's, I think it's a step back. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I looked it up. So it's an 85. So you're definitely falling on the. Uh, I do not, you do not believe it's as, uh, as high as that. Well, it's not that for you, I should say. It's well, yeah, I can't speak to the, you know, everybody and everybody can be, uh, can have a different opinion than me. That's fine. I just wanted to get that. I hadn't seen that voice in all the reviews that I had read for it. And I, I do think that it, it tries to do a very different thing. It is not in the normal thinking of a sequel. It, it, it ditches basically everything that the first one did for a completely different version of strategy. Um, and I think they do some really smart stuff that's going to be used by a lot of people. I think they're going to take on these thoughts 
that the Mario plus rabbits team had, but I think in terms of coalescing into a game, I am enjoying it less materially. So, um, and so I, I think, I think that's worth mentioning that when you ditch everything and they're smart guys, they're a smart team. I really like this, this team. Uh, when you ditch everything, if you like some specific stuff about the first game, it probably isn't there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eli, said, Oak, Eli said, Oak's thinking everyone else can be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> I almost said that. That's correct. <laughs> it's that, that, it's that scene in the beginning of Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Everybody's lost, but me. <laughs> Fair enough. I haven't played. I yet. agree I'm with really that. Too. Um, obviously I'll be playing it next week when I get back, but, um, yeah, our, our reviewer loved it, so we'll see. Um, got a couple super chats to get to real quick. Other people can have thoughts on this game. I didn't mean to co-opt it with just negative. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't I didn't think Travis... Is anybody else playing? Uh, Dan, we're playing it. I played a little bit of it. I, I probably didn't play I enough know. to form an opinion, but I will say that the person who reviewed it for uh, our site is uh, the my boss, Editor-in-Chief Dan Stapleton. He is an aficionado when it comes to turn-based strategy games. XCOM 2 is his favorite game of all time. He's put like thousands of hours into it. He's the guy that you want to ask if you want to ask about strategy games. And he gave it a nine. And he's a harsh reviewer. He's probably harder than me. Uh, He's the guy who, when he read my Gotham Knights review, was like, this reads like a four. And I was like, no, let me, it's not a four. It's not a four. It's not a four. No, but he was was going, it reads like a four. Let's make it a four. And I was like, no, no, no. Let me me soften the language. I'll add some parts I liked because... My first draft is always negative, even if I love the game, because I'm just focusing on the stuff that I'm critiquing, right? And then I have to go through and go, all right, let's talk about the stuff I liked in the second draft. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, he, he's a harsh reviewer. So if he says it's a nine, I trust his opinion on this matter specifically. And basically no other matters, by the way. Like if he was reviewing any other game, I'd be like, eh, it's just Dan. His taste in games is weird. <laughs> but this is like Dan, uh, our Dan, uh, reviewing um, Hitman Four and me going, you know, you know, so like I need, yeah, I need to kidding. take his expertise at some point. So yes, hey, um, no, and they can still show me stuff. I'm, I'm not claiming to have beaten it, but I will say that this particular type of design that Nintendo uses a lot, which is, and I know that it's not made by Nintendo, but uh, it, that Nintendo uses a lot, which is this kind of golden path. Nothing's going to challenge you. You're the hero of all time to the credits and then we'll put the actual challenging stuff around the edges. I hate, I hate to death. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to be fair, he also gave the first one, I think a seven, which to me feels harsh, but that's Dan. Dan is harsh, man. Right. So if you like that first one, it's wildly different in the second one. Be ready. That's all I can say. Mm. Okay. All right. Mm. I did like the first one. First one was one of my favorite games on the switch. Yeah. So we'll, yeah, me we'll too. see me as well. Yeah as well um uh by the way got uh, 112 people currently in the chat 114 we had 117 a few minutes ago i appreciate it um please go ahead hit that like button help us out as always as we say uh let's get that algorithm on our side for the episode with that let's tackle these super chats real quick dan yep sarko thank you sir the 499 super chat play tail requiem opens heroin has what is that hattori from kill bill uh, Oh, uh, for Kill Bill, yeah. Credits roll. Cheers, gents. Fair enough. There it is. I, I, I get know. it, Sarko. I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. I don't I know mean, what I, Dan's doing over there. I, I, I have an idea. Know. It's like, yeah, it's it's early. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I love you, Sark. You're the man. Sark, thanks, brother. Appreciate yeah. you. And from Kern Grisdale, 
the 449 pounds. Uh, given uh, how early they said Gotham Knights was not an Arkham game, is it fair to keep comparing it to the Arkham games? Yes. What's funny is clearly <laughs> Arkham, what, what, what funny is if you look at the plot points, Travis and I were having this discussion at length uh, in, in one of our sessions, which is like, I, I don't know when this became not an Arkham game. It's because they do something in the plot. So I guess I do know. But yeah, um, they every time they reference something that happened in the past, it lines up with the Arkham games. On accident. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Completely coincidentally. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think so. Games do not exist in a vacuum. Even if the beloved Arkham trilogy was a Marvel game about Spider-Man, you would still be able to compare it to Gotham Knights because if it uses a lot of the same gameplay elements, if it's in the same genre, that those games exist. You can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. So that that's just that's just the ball you're that's that's what you're dealt. You you have to you have to compare the games together. And I think that they're they're. Uh, insistence on distancing themselves from it maybe it has to do with the fact that it's in a different canon maybe it's because they wanted to tell a different story and they they kind of want to rid of themselves of that or maybe it's because those games are hugely popular and they didn't want to be compared to them but that doesn't get you that that doesn't get you a get out of jail free card you get compared to every other game that's available on the market now or who has ever existed before you that's just that's just how it, it works so let's be let's yeah. be frank they made a game that looked like an arkham game that's what they did they they added grapple hooking to different <laughs> ledges and gargoyles and they they added you going through vents i mean so much of it just says this is like arkham and they yeah. said no 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 not arkham not arkham which is exactly what i would say if i was making a game that uh played like gotham knights after arkham knights <laughs> at, at <Palm> <laughs> So. Yeah, you and I talked about that on our review discussion too. You can't ignore peer titles; they don't disappear just because nope. you don't want to be compared to it. Oh, nope. yeah, dude. If I was making a third-person RPG, I would <laughs> love to just say The Witcher Three doesn't exist, but it does, and so people are going to compare your game to it. That's just worth yeah, living. yeah. Stingray X, good to see you, brother. That. Glad you could catch us live. Is anyone obviously, like I said, still traveling? I haven't played anything. Any of you guys playing Modern Warfare Two yet? <laughs> No, that would no. have required me to buy it, right? It yeah. did require you to buy it. Yes, no, sir. Yeah, <laughs> hard pass. All right. Well, anyone in the comments, feel free to add your commentary. I have. If they put the campaign friends. separately in the beta, can they sell me the campaign? No, Just you got campaign? early access to the campaign if you bought the. I don't know if it's called the Vault Edition or the Deluxe Edition, but if you bought the better edition. Of Modern Warfare 2, you got early access to if, the campaign. If Activision were selling me a 30 or $40 game version of just the campaign, I would be a purchaser. Otherwise, same. no, your package is valueless to me above that. Yeah. Other yep. people have said the same thing. I'm surprised they have not pieced, pieced that out yet. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to. It's just like Netflix yeah. putting games on so they can jack the price up of their subscription, right? It's like, we don't care if you want this thing. It's valued, darn it. So it's 70 or 80. Or I have great news for you about the Call of Duty franchise and Game Pass. <laughs> on that later. Oh, you have news for me. Please tell me. Yeah, I got great news. <laughs> this is a company called Don't Microsoft. We'll get to uh, that. Um, well, I've heard from uh, my Call of Duty friends that play Call of Duty religiously that uh, it's very good. The graphics are mind-blowing. Um, but they said that the campaign is uh, quickly becoming one of their favorites of all time. And I've heard that from multiple people. All-time Call of Duty. Be careful. Um, oh, it's like six hours heard, long. <laughs> it's six hours. So but heard, heard that from several people. Yeah, okay. So uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. If you're it's interested in Call of Duty, nice. I should say, if you're interested in Call of Duty, it sounds great. 
Uh, so by the way, Elu Elu in the comments says that you get the early campaign with base edition as well, which is interesting. Ooh, okay, thank you, thank you. All right, boys. Still no sale. We did it. I heard I heard you guys last week say that I can extend uh, the currently playing an opening segment beyond an hour, and we've done that successfully again. When so. did we finish ours last week? I want to say it was like half an hour or forty. minutes. Yeah, it was pretty quick. It was because like I, couldn't talk, I couldn't talk about anything, and you were hosting Hogue, so we couldn't talk about it any was. of the stuff. We talked about. Yeah. It was Travis was like, I can't talk about this, 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 and this. I, so I didn't get to talk about this, but I am currently playing it, and my review was supposed to be out already, but I had to stop reviewing it to play Gotham Knights. And that review is uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've, I've played a ton of this game and I'm now finally ready to write my review, which I'm gonna do today. I do not have an embargo for you, so I can tell you it's an okay game. If you like asymmetric multiplayers, it does a serviceable job. It has balancing issues, it has variety issues, level design issues, it's just okay. Um, but if you like Ghostbusters, it's you know it's Ghostbusters. You get to throw down, you get to throw down a, tra a trap and and zap uh, your fellow player and pull them in. And last night I had five people at my house. We all had our own Xbox. The ghost was in the other room. The Ghostbusters were in this room, and it was a damn good time because that's you know five people hanging out all. all you had a land party in the year of our Lord twenty twenty. I had <laughs> land party in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two, and no one had to bring extra screens or Xbox. <laughs> How I had them all here already. Wow. So that is have, the world. You have five that's, Xboxes in that house. Five Xboxes in my house. Yeah, that's Cheers awesome. To you, man. I love it. Yeah, I love the it. Series S really opened a lot of doors for me. Let's just put it that way. That thing is the super cheap. You just buy a group of them. The series, yeah. uh, there's a Series S sitting right there. Pump up raw one. We were playing PGA 2K23 last night after we got home. Um, yeah. But the series. One, I had never seen one in person. I really hadn't. All the events I've been to, for whatever reason, I hadn't held one. It's ridiculously small, and I know everyone Tiny. says that, but and it's I have absurd. The, I have the X screen attached to it, which is like a little thing yeah. that snaps on the back, and it turns it into a laptop. And so I just, yeah. you know, pop that open and play. It's awesome. It. I do it in it's it's great, awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't see too Costco, like a couple weeks from now in November, they're selling it for two thirty nine. So if you're waiting on a Series S, it'll be time to get one soon. Mm. All right. Well, I might be able to get my Series X back then. <laughs> Only $120 less than the Logitech G Cloud. Okay. But the same the same size as the 40 series cards now, from what I understand. Insane. You didn't have to do them that dirty, ho. <laughs> uh, but the currently playing was a, a, a lot of our segment today because we could finally talk about all these games that have released. So sure. uh, to talk about some upcoming stuff, we got, uh, and I, I don't know if I'm going to be alone in talking about this. I'll talk to myself for a little bit. But was very excited about the Silent Hill showcase we got this week. Um, great showcase. Finally, I think, obviously I can only speak for myself, but finally it feels like we're getting what Silent Hill fans have wanted for years now, which is uh, some new content. And so the rumor, let, I'll, I'll run through kind of everything that was announced and then we can talk about like it. That. it was let whole. me speak, says Ains. We will. <laughs> Uh, so the rumors, I think we talked about these rumors like last year that Bloober team was working on Silent Hill. Uh, obviously true. Silent Hill 2 Remake is coming out. Remade by Bloober team. It's a PS5 console exclusive. Um, the original creators, uh, I hope I pronounce this properly, Akira Yamaka and Masahiro Ito are working with Bloober team on this. So they're part of the original Silent Hill team. Uh, it obviously PS5 focus. It's being built on Unreal 5. It's going to focus on the haptics and 3D sound, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, no release. So I'll just say now, no release date on any of this stuff. So, you know, wish us the best. Um, so that was obviously kind of the biggest full game. And I will say if you're a horror kind of game aficionado, like Silent Hill 2 is, it's usually in the top five of the games that horror, you know, horror fans love. And it, it's definitely one of my top horror games of all time. Um, so I'm glad they chose that one to remake. Uh, we're getting Silent Hill F. This is apparently a new story set in 1960s Japan. Uh, Sweet. I don't know if you guys know who this is. I don't. It is supposedly written by a gentleman that goes by Rukishi Seven. Don't know who that yeah. is. Yeah. Um, God, I'm blanking on the other stuff he's worked on. But we had this conversation on uh, Trophy Room. Actually, I was on that show this week. We talked about it. But cool. That, I, that game looks really good. Or you know, yeah. we haven't seen anything of it. But I'm I'm the interested. Was good, in that. Yeah. Yeah. So no release date again. Then we're getting Silent Hill Townfall, which is going to be an episodic game that is being co-produced by Annapurna. Uh, I love to see Annapurna's name on things. I yes. love what they do. So we'll see. It's not being developed by... It's being developed by uh, No Code. Um, but again, we'll see what happens with that one. So three games. And then we're getting... This is the most interesting one. I, I really want this one. This. So we're getting yeah. Silent Hill Ascension, which is yes. going to be an interactive streaming experience next year and it is has various partners working on it include none other than jj abrams bad robot uh <laughs> i was waiting for um and then lastly we're getting return to silent hill which uh christopher gans who is the director of the first two silent hill movies is coming back he's doing a third movie um more to come on that in the near future they said so a whole bunch of silent hill we didn't get anything for years so and Konami was for, like, all right, uh, just do everything all at once for those who don't know about ascension the one that uh hogue doesn't like because jj abrams studio involvement i i will say i like the um i like the premise behind it because it's basically like uh let's play pokemon twitch you know where the audience watches it and then they all get to vote collectively on what the next move is and then they do it so I like this as a premise because you ever go to one of those rowdy movie theaters where everybody's shouting at the screen in a horror movie and being like, do the, don't go in that door. Now you can do that, but they'll listen to you. That sounds great. I want to, I want to try that out. It sounds like a very unique idea for a game. Let's, That's let's see what God awful. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I want to see it. I mean, Travis, you go right ahead. I, I tell you what, between no code, that had one of the most obvious and ridiculous stories with stories untold. Bloober Team, which had one of the worst horror games ever made in the medium, uh, and the rest of what was announced. I got to tell you, uh, Konami's really picking winners in my book. Annapurna's... Uh, medium was I mean, not... If you think Medium's one of the worst horror games you've ever played, you need to play more horror games. I play medium. more horror games. And that, medium is that. bottom of the barrel, man. No. Bottom of no, the freaking barrel. I disagree. Disagree. It wasn't great. I think I can name Definitely 20. Agree. It wasn't great. That are better than uh, any right now. That, wow. I think that them portraying it as their, you know, this is going to be their AAA horror game was a mistake, clearly. Um, but it wasn't that bad. Come on. I don't like Bloober Team at all. I don't like No Code. I, I was into what No Code was doing. Um, but Stories Untold ended so awfully that I really, I, I still have that feel. Of, of saying, I don't trust you to storytell. I mean, Silent Hill is a storytelling franchise, right? It's, it's, it's combat is BS. Uh, everything else about it, it's all about atmosphere and world and psychological horror. Uh, and everything that you just described, from J.J. Abrams to Bloober to No Code, is like, 
at least we've got all of these franchise teams that I don't like off doing one thing. Just just get them off over there, and and Silent Hill will just be dead to me. That's fine. Um, but we'll just put them off to the side because everything you mentioned sounds bad. Annapurna has made great stuff in terms of publishing. They've made some not great stuff. I mean, publishers don't finish the deal on this kind of thing. So sure. it could be good, but That's I can't fair. look at Annapurna and say, yeah, Annapurna. They're they're publishers. They're marketing teams. Yeah, but they seem to shoot. They... I would say, well, it, again, more unique experiences, I would argue, that they publish. But if you like those experiences, I would say as a publisher, they seem to, at least for me, they seem to pick. I think they have a good batting average. like. Yeah, I think the, the, the publisher also matters. You know what to expect based on the publisher. Like you, everybody knows the difference between a Ubisoft game and an EA game. You know, they Activision develop those game. games. Those aren't good examples. Okay, well, and but 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 it does help you understand the the publishers. I mean, you know what an Annapurna game. I know what like. I know what Annapurna is looking like. They yeah. they they try to aim at this kind of yeah. uh, where the cons. You know, you know what Focus Home thing. Interactive does. So you know, yeah, what I mean, Focus so the Home really likes to solve mysteries. The, the publisher, uh, you know, the publisher does matter. I'm not and saying it I doesn't think, matter. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, the just because a studio made a game that you don't like doesn't mean the next one won't be good. I won't prejudge. I will get excited uh, about the premise or you know, if the idea is interesting to me. But no, uh but you can you can absolutely judge the talent and say, I they they took me down a road and they abs I, I'll never play a game by the dude that made 12 minutes ever again, right? Like I I, I have a list. <laughs> I have sure. a list. Stories Untold is not as bad as 12 minutes, but it's in that ballpark. It's sitting in the stands eating a eating a hot dog. So I that that is on my list. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I hey, maybe they could surprise me. I'm not gonna say if they, they come out and everybody adores them, I'm gonna ignore them. But at least right now you're trying to get me excited with a showcase of things that don't have dates and may never come out. Uh, that is a list of developers and 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 Hogue, it's an it's a Konami announcement where pachinko machines weren't mentioned once. Give us a come on, let's let's just enjoy what we've got a little I'm bit. I'm happy just that Konami out. is outsourcing, right? Okay, but their dude they have in charge of outsourcing made some choices. Okay, that's where I'm coming out. Where? So I would say that uh, the the reason I'm a little more excited for the remake of Silent Hill. So Christopher. Uh, Jets are in the comments. We're talking about, um, you know, going from old school Konami and their Japanese horror uh, and the potential of Del Toro and Kojima working on Silent Hills, which was the original plan, as we all know. Um, now going to Bloober team seems like a big downgrade. Yes. Um, I would. The only thing I was saying in the chat just now is that, yeah, it's, it's Bloober team. And I, I hold Bloober team a little higher, I think, than some other people do. Especially Hogue, it sounds. Well, I saw you in the uh, comments talking up Blair Witch. That was god-awful, too. So we might just be coming at this differently. We are. We are. And that's okay. That's fair. I'm that's somehow fine. in the middle. God-awful seems like a stretch for that game. but For Blair okay. Witch? Yeah, it's okay. Did you finish Blair Witch? god-awful. Oh, yeah, I finished Blair Witch. And I, I actually wanted my money back, and I got it for free. So that's how much <laughs> I enjoyed that title. <laughs> I like that game a lot, actually. I mean, um, keep enjoying Gotham Knights, I guess. I don't, some people, some people have rubbish taste. I don't know. It's just you know. It's just... <laughs> what I was gonna say is that the medium, right, was Bloober Team having creative control of the game, and so if you didn't like that, I think what can be potentially promising about this, right, is we know what Silent Hill Two is is at its core, um, and we don't know. However, they they always do this, as we all know, right, in some of these announcements, like the original creators are working with the team. 
We don't know what the extent of that is, right? It, it, this literally could be an email they sent. I, saying, I believe it's roughly George R. R. Martin's involvement with Elden Ring. That's usually <laughs> right. where I frame these things. <laughs> yeah, so... So incredibly that, impactful. I think that if you give... <laughs> I think that if you give Bloober, they have the foundation, right? They're not building this, this uh, kind of... Um, background the environment the setting the story they're not building all that from scratch right so i think that uh with what silent hill 2 is as long as they treat that with care which they say they are of course they're not going to say they're not uh we'll see but i think it's promising i will say that if they somehow find a way to mess up silent hill 2 there's going to be hell to pay because for a lot of fans that is the pinnacle of what silent hill was oh it's the best silent hill except yeah. maybe for shattered memories uh but yeah it Here's what I'll say about these teams. Sure. I, I, I agree that, you know, they've had some misses. The thing I like about all these teams is they are not risk averse. They take chances. They do weird stuff. I think that's super important. I would much prefer that over a team where as soon as you hear the name, you know exactly what type of game it's going to make and, you know, probably not have any surprises. Everything is, uh, you know, focus group tested. And um, I think that that's a reason to get excited about Annapurna. And even the 12 minutes guy, you know, at least the, at least it was a, at least it was a unique experience and maybe their next one will be a, a hit, but I think Freaking you don't know, you don't get, you don't get misses unless you take risks usually and uh, taking risks. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And uh, I hope that th these ones are winners, even if the past ones were misses. Uh, and I, and I'm happy that all of the teams mentioned are the type two make interesting, unique stuff that takes risks. I think we need more of that in games. So I'm, I'm going to be optimistic until I play their newest game. We'll see. I will be happy to sit with you, Travis, in hoping that they turn out awesome. I always do. Uh, but I do think we can make judgment calls when we are asked to with things like showcases and say, of course. oh, no, I have. <laughs> I hope you do great. I have you at 5%. Good luck. Yeah, I echo what you said as well, Travis, in that, uh, you know, we often... We can't simultaneously complain about the gaming industry going to these formulaic AAA experiences while at the same time complaining when we get different things. Like, those two things don't work in tandem, so. Now, wait, hold on. Hold on. We can absolutely complain about what they put in front of us and make us eat. And also That's not what say, I said. And also say said. there are bad teams that I don't trust to make a good game. Agreed. That, but what your response is not a response to what I said. Okay. I, I was just saying that I think all of us, and I know we've had this conversation on our show, right? Sometimes we talk about here, like, I know this is a bad example. We always do this. We go to Ubisofty, right? And it's like, okay, these are, these are cranked out games that are very similar to one another. And I feel that we've gotten that direction, right? We've talked about the AAA space sometimes. Feeling that. We've talked that way about PlayStation's first party, right? Here's another third person over the shoulder adventure game, action adventure game. My only point was, I think what Travis was saying is if we have developers that are willing to take risks, even if those risks end up being crap, uh, which they potentially could be, at least they took a shot at doing something different. Is that I want fair? more variety. I want more variety, right? I've said this a hundred times. I don't, I'm over third party, uh, third person over the shoulder adventures uh, and, and everything else that the gaming industry has become. But there's a lot of indies I like. There's a lot of studios I like that make cool stuff. These are not them, Right. So yeah, I, mean, I think that we that's can, fair. I think I can look at those and say, yeah, absolutely. Experiment, try new stuff. There's still execution. And I've not seen it at all from any of these teams. That can, that can just be me. You like Bloober team. That's fine. You know, you guys can clip this out. You can save this episode. And in 18 years, when these games come out, 
you can go back and look at what what we said about him. No, I think that uh, I think it's very fair to have reservation about what we're going to get as a final product here. I completely agree with you there. Yeah. So we'll see. Frankly, um, I Konami picked who they could find that was cheap. Say it again. I didn't I hear think, you. Frankly, I think Konami picked who they could find that was cheap or within the budget that they wanted to set. I mean, I think that's how that happens. Yeah, it could be. We'll see. We'll see what we'll see what gets delivered, as you said, in time. Um, we the, on a higher arc of. Uh, uh, I could be negative arc. Nancy this episode. It's all right. <laughs> of horror games. Uh, we got the Resident Evil showcase this week as well. Uh, so we got a few things there. Um, pretty much what we knew was coming, but at least, you know, we got more details. So Resident Evil 4 Remake is releasing on March 23rd. Uh, they also talked about uh, Collector's Edition, if you're in that sort of thing. Um, they also talked about PSVR 2 for uh, Resident Evil Village and the third person mode they're adding to that game, which is an interesting choice, in my opinion. Um, and let's not forget that next, I mean, as we're recording this, this week, basically, uh, we get the expansion for Resident Evil Village, which looks to be an interesting take, because <laughs> I'm trying not to look at you, Hope, because I know we're talking about Resident Evil Village. Uh, A lot of people like it. Go nuts, people. <laughs> nice people. But the funny crazy. thing, the funny thing, right, is that the expansion for the game looks <laughs> more like a classic Resident Evil experience. It's third person. It's more like it, it looks more like kind of the RE2 style. Of course, we don't know what the story is going to be like. But, um, you know, this is the expansion where you take over. Um, what's their daughter's name? The, the Winter's daughter. Uh, uh, Rose? I, I previewed this Rose Winters. Yeah, thank you. Rose. Yeah, so. Um, I'm looking forward to that anyway, and we'll have a review up on that as well. But I'm really excited about the uh, getting some more Resident Evil. Resident Evil 4 remake looks looks fantastic, in my opinion. Are you talking about the Winter's expansion? They showed that as well. I think okay. So I yeah, actually played out. that. I played that game. I've I've played like a decent chunk of the Winter's expansion. I did a preview on it uh, for uh, a Tokyo Game Show. So I oh, talk okay. about it. I mean, I'm not yeah, a go for it. Yeah. Uh, so my my initial thoughts are. One, I forgot that Village was in first person almost because I was playing in third person right away and it felt like really natural. So that's a really good sign is that the the pivot to third person just was sort of seamless, at least in my mind. I, I hadn't played Village in, uh, since it came out. Um, and the guy was like, what do you think of the third person mode? And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, this is different. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, there's that. I also think they're they're going for more puzzle solving, which I was happy about. The puzzle solving is weird and less traditional than like a Resident Evil one. It's not like you know you're finding a key or a statue head to make a door open or anything like that. There's a little bit of that, but it's it's mostly you know your character has like super abilities, like you have you have like powers you can use to uh -huh. freeze characters and and Sounds do stuff like, like that. Yeah, it's it's got yep, it's her. She's got powers. Um, and uh they it did have a little bit of a of an old school feel, like an RE2 feel almost. There's a big creature uh chasing you around throughout the house Aww. that you can't that you presumably can't kill. Uh there's uh yeah, uh that's a thing. So get, get ready you for just that. killed it for me. Literally, no, I'm yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's very R it's very RE2 inspired, I would say. Um Really, the only downsides for it are that that I had just based on like the hour or so I played was that um, it, it's in it uses all the same areas from Resident Evil Village, at least the parts I played, which I thought was a little weird. Um, just sort of like going through the mansion, which I was like, I feel like I already know this place pretty well. I've been running around here for a while. Um, and the 
uh, there were certain parts that to me were a little too focused on the combat. I will say I like that they gave you less ammo. It was more of a survival RPG. They made you run away from stuff. I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, I was interested in it. I was like, okay, I, I would play this. We'll see if it if it's enough to get me to come back to that game. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, uh, Elu's joking in the chat because I've ranted in our party chats many a times. Like, I think if a horror game has a segment, a, a moment in the game where you're running or escaping from an unkillable creature, fine. Because it creates a certain level of tension. You know, it, it kind of gets you in that moment where you're scared for your life. And you know that there's no way you can get out of it other than escaping. I think that's fine. Yeah. So the that, old Resident that... Evil trope of we're going to have this unkillable guy that just hunts you for hours on end. And you just have to literally, the, the gameplay element here is to run in a circle so you can lose him and continue doing what you were doing. And then run hated alien again, isolation, and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again. And it's like, it's such a stupid gameplay element. I Did you play it. Alien Isolation? I did, but no, I didn't finish it. Oh, isolation! You, did, you didn't like it, huh? Yeah, um, isolation is one of the best, but isolation flips around on it pretty good. They give you some does. stuff. They give you some stuff to fight. <laughs> uh, so I will say this: I only played for an hour, and the creature was only chasing you around for a very short period of that. So I have no idea if it was just a clip or if it's the full thing. But knowing Resident Evil, I feel like it, it probably will be a regular thing. I'm not. I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah, I just it already sounds better than Village, Travis. So. <laughs> probably for, for your eyes i can tell you this much the developer who was watching me play his demo was standing over my shoulder and being like do you do you like the old resident evils do you do you like what we did the, how, how we're it's it's an homage to the old one and i was like i get it dude i've played old anytime, resident anytime you describe these experiences travis I, I just some very needy pr flack or developer person just be like please like it can you like it? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, no. It's a little bit of a... People really don't want you to miss things in their demo. They're like, oh, did you catch that? Did you see that? I'm like, dude, just let me play the game. I like. I do this for a joke. I know how to play a demo. I wonder, um, so, yeah. I wonder if that's Travis because, you know, as we talk here, right, you're very much more experienced uh, games, but I've, I've read stories. You may know better than me, but I've read stories of journalists who go to those events and play stuff, and they have no clue what to look for, what they're doing, what how games work it's like they're the most a few of them were gamers. in the room with me and so this developer was going around to each of the you know tables talking to them and some of them were like so what do you how do you make herb combos and i was just like yo like i, I i'm sorry <laughs> I, I, I don't know what outlet that is but uh you know but you need to so I, I get i get it the, I the devs they want to make sure that the players are understanding their games and that sort of yeah. thing. Uh, and it is a demo to be fair. They don't go through tutorials and stuff. So you don't have the advantage of like, Oh, in the game, it explains how stuff works for you. But um, you know, there's certain players who, who, you know, like, all right, they've seasoned. And he asked me straight off the bat. He was like, have you played resident evil? And I was like, yeah, I beat the entire game. So you can leave now. Like that's enough, but <laughs> he did not take the advice. He wanted to make sure I knew yeah. how to do everything. So um, anyway, uh, Devs love their games, and I'm happy to have yeah. you there when I have questions. Of course, often of course. That sounds well, better than that village. I will fully say that. <laughs> shout out! Speaking of that, shout out to the guy who couldn't finish the run and gun level on Cuphead. I will. That's forever burned in my brain of pure. Oh, confidence. Dean. Dean's very nice to me. I can't be too mean to him. <laughs> who, who, what outlet was that? Uh, Venture Beat. It's Dean Takahashi. We well, never know. It might be their first time or something. Like, I, I, I give I people a pass. Here's the I thing: is care. like. 
sometimes when I go and preview a game, if it's a game I've never played before and it looks like it's super high skill, I'll ask the developer to play it for me because I'll be like, look, I don't want 20 minutes of footage of me figuring out how to play the game. You know how to play it, play the game, record it, and then I'll play it and not capture that so that I can have good footage to use online. But I, I get that. Sometimes you get thrown into situations and it's not optimal playing experience. You're like playing on a controller that's, a prototype and it's connected to the console on a tiny little cable like this so you can't move and you're having people shout at you and you're having to make sure the footage is recording and like all these issues so i have a lot of empathy for people who do stuff I in live environments for game they haven't played before and yeah. i i just i don't know i think people over focus on that like oh he's unskilled it's like whatever it's like you know. I think Aids is going to bring up the video of poor Dean running into the double jump wall for like six solid I haven't seen the video, so I don't know how bad it Travis, is. But, you know. Travis, I promise you, if you watch this video, you'll agree with me. Um, this I is the it. most basic of video game concepts. In I'm just saying I've been on the other end of that. I like I, I recorded footage once of like a fighting game. I can't remember which one it was, but I had not played that specific fighting game in the series before. I nope. knew none of the combos. I was figuring it out and I got flamed in the comments because they were no. like, oh, he doesn't know how to trigger super. I was like, yeah, dude, it was I don't know how to do it. All right. No. I've, I've played the tutorial <laughs> level. If what do you want from Travis, me? if I hand you a controller <laughs> on a 2D game, could you figure out how to double jump? I'm really good at 2D platformers. No, so you probably. didn't answer the Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh my watch, goodness. Watch the video. I'm just it's saying I have empathy. I have empathy. I have what outlet was it? Too. Nope. No excuse. Nope. Not happening. Not happening. All right. All right. Well, it's it's the usual assortment of Travis and Rick, the empathetic nice guys, against Ainge, the cold-blooded killer. That's <laughs> yeah. how we always arrange this. <laughs> we started we like season gaming so that he could destroy those casuals who don't know how to play their <laughs> video games on stream. I think it's just because Ains can play Cuphead in his sleep. Like, uh, he goes through the, the last dessert in, like, six minutes or whatever he, he spent yeah. on it. Hey, on. I'm looking at the chat. I don't even know where to go right now. It, yes, it was it, the tutorial. I want Travis to watch the video, and then we'll revisit this segment. I All right. Somebody send me a link after the show. I'll watch it, and I'll I'll decide if it's really that bad. I, I don't know if there's even a it's bar. It's bad. Coming. All right. It's bad. If they, if they hold the controller backwards, I would be like, okay, this person isn't qualified to do this. But I, I really, I have a lot of empathy. I've just had this happen to me before. I think I'm like, I, I'm a skilled player, I think. And you I just keep I, slamming I, against the wall. It's adorable. <laughs> like a toddler. <laughs> uh, adorable would be the, uh, the funny way to Let's describe watch it that. live on stream. Put it up. <laughs> Come on, in. Watch it. We got time. I would if I had it available. I'm working off of. I'm not going to try and do that right now. Um, uh, now that we've talked through Silent Hill and Resident Evil and let Dan just, you know, get super excited about all these games coming along. Can't um, care. <laughs> Cannot care one bit about either one of these. Yeah, no, I'm good. That's a it's, shame, it, man. It's enjoying. It, I'm enjoying listening to you guys argue, though. And, you know. And hey, no I, 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 I'm, I'll be honest. I'll take Ains' side on this. It was, it was kind of pathetic. Then again, I couldn't get past the Witcher 2 tutorial. I wanted to punch myself in the face. Yeah, that tutorial is surprisingly hard, though. Gosh. Oh, it was rough. I eventually did, but it, God, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> oh. All right. It's time, Hogue. So you had another interesting week uh, in, in many facets, I believe. <laughs> but uh, I, 
when I created this segment a few weeks ago and I named it as the acquisition turns, I did it jokingly, not thinking we would actually talk about this every week. But for whatever reason, because of how soap opera-ish this has become, uh, there's news to talk about with the Xbox acquisition of Activision Blizzard every week and the ongoing saga with the CMA. I, I know Dan said he caught up on your videos and, and was very thankful for them because we know you do a good job, obviously. You didn't uh, watch all not. of it, did you, Dan? No, I, I watched like the first like two and a half hours okay. and then I left and then I came back to like the last, like you were still going like for like the last hour. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy because it, it sounded <laughs> like you hadn't stopped talking about the same thing. Like it was just a continuation. It was like, six hours and 50 minutes of me amazing. talking to myself and the chat. I couldn't believe you did it. Okay. Man. So <laughs> if you want all of the detail, please go watch Hoog's video. He's killing himself for you. Oh, Appreciate it's, it's crazy. it. <laughs> crazy good. Uh, Hoag, I'm not going to give you six hours and 50 minutes. I'll give you a minute and a half. Sure. Well, I mean, he's I think killing himself. I think this is pretty up easy, actually. So the CMA, which is the UK's regulatory authority, published its uh, kind of final verdict of its phase one review, which is where it decides whether there's a possibility something bad could happen from a deal like Microsoft buying Activision. They published this. Uh, people had a lot of questions. I actually was going to pass up this document because it mostly follows what their preliminary summary was. Um, and so I thought there wasn't a lot there. So many people asked questions. Microsoft publicized a 35-page answer uh, in which they get um, a little snarky, which is an interesting kind of tone for a multi-trillion dollar corporation. And so I said, look, we're just going to go and we're going to read it all. So the CMA has 83 pages. Microsoft has 35. We sat down. We talked amongst ourselves. And we went through every single argument the CMA made. And Microsoft's return volley. And then in, I think it was Friday's video, we talked about some of the other stuff uh, that was happening, which is basically uh, that uh, folks are out there, especially Xbox kind of focus platforms and fandoms getting really irritated about this process. Um, and that has, that has led to some people being mad at me and calling me Sony, whatever. It's very interesting. You know, I, I get called whatever side I'm not talking about, generally speaking. Um, and... At the end of the day, as the acquisition turns, as you like to frame it, nothing happened, give or take. Uh, these two big giant bodies, whether it's the UK regulator or Microsoft, are fighting each other. The CMA makes some stupid arguments. Uh, Microsoft makes some good return volleys. And then Microsoft stretches too far, as is its want, for the last nine months. Um, I, we have no incentive whatsoever. We cannot imagine a scenario in which we would make Call of Duty exclusive. <laughs> I can, Phil and Satya. I mean, like, let's, you don't have to go that far in defending yourself. Um, and so Microsoft, I think, continues to stretch too far. And as I have said now in a couple of these segments, the biggest issue I see from Microsoft's strategy is they seem to be getting frustrated. There's an emotionality with their responses. And the CMA still has the ability to just cause trouble. Uh, and so they have gotten to the answers that say you're incompetent. You're ignorant of the dynamics of the market. These kinds of things are actually said by Microsoft, not after it's over, not as a victory pose, but as a you're in the middle of their regulatory review and they are, they are talking down to the, to the regulator. And one keep, could ask me why. Uh, I think there's a certain level of frustration there. I think they are trying to show that they have the receipts, as the kids say, on their side for both the UK and the EU and also to some extent America with the FTC. Uh, but honestly, I, I I would never have predicted this would go like this. Um, and so, you know, the UK is making interesting choices. They just blocked 
the Facebook purchase of Giphy. And yeah. when I say blocked, they're actually requiring it to be unwound. Uh, and people have asked me this question, which is, can they block these things? The answer is no, technically, legally, right? They say, we're going to block it. This is not a UK company. Uh, these are two American companies with respect to Facebook and Giphy and with respect to Activision and uh, Microsoft, even though King does have a European um, uh, locus. Uh, and yes, they can block it if the other side accedes to it, right? In other words, the UK can say, you're not allowed to do this. And then Microsoft or Facebook or whatever other body you're talking about can say, okay, well, we're going to do it anyway. So penalize us. That's fun. <laughs> Always a good time. Um, or we're going to take it up to the court of appeals. And then we're going to take it up to the high court. And you know, if you block us then, then we've got the option of we're going to leave your jurisdiction, right? Uh, we're not going to sell into it. Now, Microsoft doesn't want to do that with the UK. UK is a financial center. UK is a big buyer of Windows products and uh, uh, other things that Microsoft sells. So Microsoft doesn't want to move forward without the UK. Uh, so the CMA can say, we're going to block this deal. And then all hell breaks loose. But technically speaking, they can't stop Microsoft from purchasing Activision. They can just say you're no longer to sell products into our jurisdiction. Uh, so it becomes a whole big thing. And I think as Microsoft and the CMA fight this out and the CMA does stupid stuff like say Nintendo isn't, we don't have to consider that Nintendo doesn't have Call of Duty because they're not in the same market as Microsoft and Sony. Okay. Uh, and, and makes these choices that seem to be essentially aimed at coming to the conclusion they come to that Microsoft and Microsoft fans are getting more frustrated. And the CMA, interestingly, just called for full public commentary on the deal. So if my emails and DMs and everything else are any indication, the CMA is about to get a real big uh, journey into the console war. Uh, and I don't think it's going to do Microsoft any favors when everything is said and done. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Agreed. That's what that's I don't know. That was probably two minutes, but I did my best. <laughs> no, no, you always do a great job of summarizing uh, uh, quickly. So I appreciate that. It's uh, so let me just ask your opinion. Like I said, I'm sorry. I, I haven't watched anything this week. Um, do you believe this will go to a lawsuit? I think Microsoft is prepping like it is. Okay. I think Microsoft's responses and what they're trying to accomplish is uh, assuming some kind of big public fight. Um, well, doesn't mean it'll happen. Sometimes you just prepare for the worst, right? Uh, sure. But Microsoft started acting much differently um, about a month, month and a half ago. Interesting. Let me ask you this, um, and excuse my naivety here. It feels like, feels like, I don't know if this is true or not, so you can tell me if you know or none of us know, but it feels like uh, Xbox and Microsoft, right? Like the, they've said clearly the acquisition thing is not done, right? They're going to continue to kind of grow their first party. That's right. Do they, do they have to or need to wait until they get through this process to start looking at other companies? Not to start looking. They could have six deals lined up and queued, but they won't, they won't announce uh, or sign anything while Activision is pending. Uh, yeah. Well, let me, let me caveat that one. Um, whatever the equivalent of buying Haven is, Microsoft would feel comfortable doing, right? Yep. But the, the the ones where you start talking with Bs instead of Ms, they, yeah. they're, they're not, not going to anything that's below the uh, minimum, right, for the FTC to investigate. Yeah. Well, anything Microsoft's going to buy is likely going to trigger a Hart Scott Rubino review. Because it hurts their case, right? Is that what we're saying? Um, yeah. Technically, it doesn't hurt their case. We're talking kind of more real politics and optics than law. Um, yeah. It's uh, you don't. You don't want to be giving them more ammunition um, yeah. for, for what's happening. So they, they won't do anything. They're not buying EA while Activision is pending. 
right? If, if, if and, and that's just pulling things out of the air, but that's not what they're going to do. So I think they're in a little bit of a hold. You did see some people move their securities out of Activision. Uh, I think that with the CMA shouting, we would expect the EU to announce their phase two review at the top of November. Um, the FTC, you know, people think they're going to say something in November. I doubt we hear anything from them uh, at that time. Um, and I think we're clearly going into first, second quarter 2023. Uh, and in the current market, I think you might see people uh, evacuate Activision just because not not even that they it's fully thought out that they won't close, but that it's just going to take too long in this environment where your money could be doing something better than sitting in Activision. Fair enough. Appreciate the breakdown. You know, as we all know, there is a wealth of opinions online in the gaming community, uh, and it's always good to separate fact from fiction. So um, appreciate that, Hope. Yeah, happy to. Mm. All right, boys. You heard it here um, first. The Microsoft Activision deal is dead. Thanks, Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I did lower it. I feel like I need a doomsday clock on my on my website. Yeah, the wa Watchman style. People people always ask me, so I did reduce it from seventy thirty to sixty five thirty five. Um, really, I think that's. Yeah. I think that's I kind know. of low. I'm surprised. I did reduce it to sixty five percent. Interesting, because mm -hmm. of um, politics, huh? All because of politics. This is the thing where people get confused, right? They say, Rick, you keep saying the deal should go through. I'm like, okay, so we have to separate this. I've looked at antitrust. I know precedent. I've looked at the UK laws. I think that this deal should go through and that the regulators are overstretching for what is actually happening here with this transaction. Am I the final arbiter of these things? I am not. It's like, well, Microsoft's lawyers know what they're doing. Yes, and if Microsoft's lawyers do know what they're doing, and they do, they're telling their client, we don't make promises for what the crazies across the ocean are going to do. That's not what yeah. lawyering is. We can say we think we have a good argument, and they do. Microsoft has a number of good arguments. That doesn't win the day. And I know that's this makes people crazy. It's like, we well, keep saying that, the, that they're on the right side of the precedent and the law and these things. I'm like, yes. And yet, right, we're still looking at a, a group of human beings at both the regulator level and then the appeals tribunal level and then the court of appeals and then the high court level, right? So- we don't know. We cannot make that prediction. Do yeah. I think that they have a good chance of getting it through? I do, but should win and will win are different things. I think are. maybe you're, maybe you're over, um, overconfident that the politicians that are making this more difficult are as assured in their positions of power than I am. If that makes sense. You think yeah. that the UK's basic tumult is going to keep the CMA from going after Microsoft on this? Uh, there's some elections coming up that I think may change the situation. We'll see. We have our own, not that that's going to change the FTC's mind, but it could change the landscape for how things play out. We'll see. The FTC will be locked in. So the FTC is going to have, um, uh, well, it's two, two right now, but ultimately it's going to be three, two for, uh, let's call it pro regulation on the antitrust side of things. So the FTC will be strong on this. I, I honestly, the FTC, I think, I expect to get a consent decree out of. I think they're going to try to block and get a consent. Definitely. Yeah, yeah we're definitely not going to dive into UK politics right now because why not? Oof. Yeah. Nope. Just put a picture of a head of lettuce on the. As front. we have five minutes left, let's do it. <laughs> the entirety of UK politics. Yeah. I'm amazed at how responsive they are to generalized unrest, and that you can kick out the head of state uh, in crazy. six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And the lettuce won. Yeah. Congrats, My Lex. landlord has the same policy about me. Hmm. <laughs> kick out in six weeks. Um, uh, we've got some super chats that have been sitting for a while. I apologize. We got to talking about the horror games, and then these have sat. So let's get to these. 
Yeah. Dean Sal with a $5 super chat. Hands down, Modern Warfare 2 is the best campaign shooter I've ever played. I which one? It is. It, oh, which one? Damn it, Travis. The new one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I said, Damn sorry it, these have been sitting for a while. Like I was saying when we were talking about Modern Warfare 2, what I'm hearing from my Call of Duty friends is that it's amazing. So, that's good. Awesome. Dean, thank you so much for the super chat. Sorry for the delay. Like I said, I appreciate it. All righty. Where are we at here? Kern Grisdale, 449 super chat. Uh, it's pounds. I'm sorry. Uh, fair points to last message, but don't forget the Arkham games are a quadrilogy, not a trilogy. <laughs> I like Arkham Origins. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm less happy with Arkham Origins than Hogue, probably. Actually, you know what? That one probably is a 7 out of 10 for me, Hogue. <laughs> probably I like so just to be clear on the on the review scale arkham origins is a better game than gotham knights definitely i, th I think that's pretty easily true okay mm. I, I think i agree with you travis okay fair enough current thank you very much again sorry for the delay gecko gamer in, oh gecko gamer five, in the house five euros thank you gecko a bit aside victoria three and pokemon violet are going to consume my winter. My brain will melt on victory and will slowly pull itself together on Pokemon. So totally forgot Pokemon. Scarlet all the way, man. Scarlet. 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 <laughs> hey, um, is it too late for me to review Pokemon? Are those codes out? Like, what's going on with that game? We don't review it, so I don't know. Us? Can yeah. I review it? Like, what time is what time? Is, when does that game uh, come out? I guess it's like, a, it's like another month. Yeah, oh, so it's oh, I can better finish Ghostbusters today and let everybody know I'm available for review. Let's see how that works out. <laughs> mm. That'll probably uh, be Casey. Gecko, hit me up on our Discord if you don't mind, or if you want to about Victoria Three. I saw some stuff about that. I have no familiarity with that franchise, but saw I saw people talking about it. So let me know what that's all about. I have to admit, all the paradox, especially the the historical war games, they blend together for me. <laughs> yeah. I no idea what's going on there. So, but thank you, Gecko, as always. And Miasma in the house. Yes, Miasma with the 10 pounds. How many publisher buyouts is too many? One more. Yep. Three <laughs> one more. Three. Yeah. three. It's always um, one more. For yeah, I mean, obviously there is a, a number because if they all got acquired, then there would be one company and that would be terrible. Um, but uh, I would say for me, it's less about the number of publisher buyouts and the overall health of the market in terms of how many new uh, developers are being created. Uh, I, was, I didn't mean to. I started running my own. <laughs> Damn it, Hoax. Whoops. I was doing this. So is, I told you you should have taken his power away. Um, <laughs> his host powers from last episode. I wasn't trying to do anything. I was, yes, I'm um, sorry. So uh, I would say like if, if, if new companies are being created to fill the void left by companies that get acquired, it's probably not a big problem. That said, I do have an issue with smaller double uh, A, single A or indie studios getting acquired because I don't think it's super good for the overall health. But like for me, if, if the, if the rich keep eating the rich and large publishers keep getting eaten up by other large publishers and new stuff uh, fills in that void, I really don't have any problem with that. I think it's probably natural, maybe even healthy for the industry in terms of just the ecosystem uh, cleansing itself and uh, and reorganizing itself. So I, I don't know if there's a number. It's really just the, the health of the overall market for me. I'd say technology is a special case anyway. There's a dynamism in technology that really isn't matched by ball bearing factories. Uh, so you should take a lighter hand on this stuff anyway. But obviously, certain regulators aren't agreeing. 
because of disruptor, disruptors, right? The market can it's be just so easy. To, there, there's a very limited barrier to entry. It's existent, but it's way, it's way oversold by like the CMA and things. You can just you can make a development house that is successful on a, on a very reasonable basis for capitalization. Yeah. Yep. Mm. In fact, I'm going uh, to say four. That's my answer to this question. <laughs> right. I mean, he's just you know what? There's a number and it's four. Four. Directly to your point, Hogue, and I don't know if this is a good example or not. You guys can disagree with me. We've got like Striking Distance Studios, which is making Callisto Protocol or people mm -hmm. with experience in the industry. Glenn Schofield sets up his own uh, studio, right? And they're making one of the most anticipated games, whether or not it delivers to be seen, but one of the most anticipated games this fall. So, and you know, that happens all the time in the gaming industry, to your point. So I think well, that's, that, the, that's the origin of EA and Activision, which is obviously decades ago, but it's also the origin of Respawn. The origin yes. is, uh, you know, this, it's, it's what we see. There's yes. a dynamism because it all lives in people's heads. It's not factories. It's not shipping. It's not those kinds of things. So it's really dynamic much more than other industries. Yeah. You can't, agreed. you can't buy up all the oil wells for video right. games. Right. Yeah. yeah uh, agreed. So, and I think that um, I know it's a se separate, but separate, but uh, applicable topic here or aspects here which is, I think people ask this question, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Miasma, but I think people are asking this question because it revolves around Xbox getting too big. Um, and mm -hmm. what I would say, as we've talked about many times on this show, is for me, as much as I love Xbox and I support this acquisition, what have you, uh, the jury is still out on delivery of this huge first-party conglomerate that they're building. Um, and we're going to see what gets delivered over the next, well, we keep saying next year, but we've been saying that for a few years, so... We'll say uh, 12 to 84 months. We'll see how this turns out. <laughs> well, because of that <laughs> dynamism, right? <laughs> I think the only risk you really have is to intellectual property that you love and it dying because that's owned. But you don't own people. Uh, and so if Microsoft yes. really screws up, there's going to be new intellectual property and new studios and things like that. So I, it, it's Correct. not this existential risk. Um, Which but you is what we saw at a CD Projekt Red. Sure. There's been two new studios set up from ex-members of Witcher and Cyberpunk teams uh, since the fallout from Cyberpunk. Right. And and what you also saw from CD Projekt Red, one of my favorite things that happened after Witcher 3 is that Witcher 3 DNA essentially got spread across the industry. Like the top 10 narrative designers left and went to Ubisoft and went to yes. everywhere else. And, and you, you saw that kind of uh, metabolize all across the industry. Uh, and yeah. I, there's that dynamism. It is. Yep, it does. Up, it, it is upsetting when you get brain drained, though. Yes, hashtag, I hear that. I understand. Hashtag Bungie. Soon well, to you be. get brain drained and then you get cyberpunk. I mean, I get I get that sequence, too. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, I think it is overall good for the industry. It's uh, bees spreading their pollen. But then the original uh, flower it all came from sort of withers. Uh, it, my metaphor is tortured at this point. Bizarrely that's okay. sexual from Travis. Yeah. This morning. Well, it, it, <laughs> that's not bizarre at all. For If you know anything about me, that's really par for the course. <laughs> Damn it. Par for the course is golfing, not sex. I really ruined it. I don't know where we've gone. This show is par for the way. horse. <laughs> um, jumping over. So uh, we got the uh, details real quick on the PlayStation Edge or DualSense Edge. Uh, this is going to release on January 26th. It's PlayStation's version of the Elite, as we knew already. It's going to be $200. Um, has replaceable thumbsticks, back paddles, hair triggers, and you can replace the uh, thumbstick modules themselves. Um, goes up for pre-order as you're listening to this, maybe uh, live with us now on Sunday. It goes up for pre-order on Tuesday. 
who knows how many they're making, what supply looks like. So if you really want one, make sure you get on PlayStation Direct on Tuesday and be ready to order that thing. Um, I got to say, guys, the more they showed this, like I read the full press release, you know, what it contains. Um, I don't I don't think I'm going to pick it up. Normally, I'd jump on this. I'd buy it day one because that's what I do. This didn't really impress me too much because the the replaceable thumbsticks are just the, uh, you know, the dome things that you can you can pick off. Then it's got the back paddles and the hair triggers. It's pretty basic functionality um, that you can get from third-party stuff. But, of course, it has the haptics. But I was thinking to myself, the only reason I use back paddles and hair triggers are for shooters, which I don't play on the PS5. Um, so, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is this $200 controller interest you? Yes. Travis <laughs> making finger guns in the bottom corner. I So, here's the thing. I really like these high-end controllers. I do not play games without paddles anymore if I can avoid it. Um, I, I also buy left-handed controllers. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm left-handed. So aiming with my right hand, so the right stick is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm left-handed too, but I play normally. Really? You aim with your right th thumbstick yeah. or do you yeah. switch Two it? Lefties on, on this podcast? Yeah. Danny, you have yeah, anything to share with me? No. no. Okay. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Wait, you, 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 you invert your. You're yeah, right. I, 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 well, if, if I can't find a left-handed controller, I uh, make the left stick the aiming stick and the right stick the moving stick. Yeah, you can swap, swap, can swap sides. Them. The lefties so are lefties. I do it because oh. I'm left-handed. Um, so, but I will say, I've been looking for a customized controller. I have a scuff for uh, PlayStation that's all right, and it also staggers the sticks, which is huge for me because I hate the unstaggered sticks on PlayStation. Um, but... The 20 extra dollars is worth it if they can do two things. One, make the controller reliable, unlike the Xbox Elite 2, which is terrible. Yeah, I, will I, pay your I will pay your $20 tax if your controller doesn't break every time I, I sneeze no at it. Okay. Yep. And two, if the battery life is not atrocious like it is with the PlayStation controller. Everything I've seen so far, it seems like it is going to be bad. But if they can yep. fix that, honestly, $200 is worth it just for the battery for me i'm you know i'm talking san francisco dollars it's monopoly money to me none of it makes sense and also uh the the fact that that uh if uh, if it's durable if it lasts longer than the other early controllers so i'm excited about this personally i understand why people balk at 200 dollars. 180 dollars isn't isn't worth it for the elite controller too with how much it breaks on you. It dissolves in your hands. This is what I was saying. Exactly. Microsoft probably burned this market for me because my elite like came apart, like just, just came apart. <laughs> so no, <Yeah. laughs> so give me molded plastic, I, whatever. I, you know, uh, you can buy three, you can buy three normal controllers. They could just, you can break and toss them at your wall and go to the next one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same boat here because I, I I've had I don't even have an Elite Two anymore because it literally broke three times. I, yeah. I had different issues with each one of them. Luckily, I had the replacement plan, which you have to have uh, with any of these new controllers. And well, now it's a now it's a year by default. Thank God. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, they did that right as I was hitting the end of my you know. So I got one more in, and then three months later, I was like, it's toast. Actually, my original Elite is in better shape right now than my uh, Elite 2. My, yeah, my original crazy. also broke. I, these controllers are so... No, they're not good. That's the biggest problem with it. You know, they, they use... Here's the thing about these controllers. Every one of them uses the same module for your joystick, right? It's that little 25-cent piece that's in there. 
if you know how to solder and you can open up your thing, you can really, you know, you can replace them, but it's just a pain in the butt. So, so they, it's, it's all cheap parts inside. I like the modules that you can replace. Astro had a C40 controller, which I actually reviewed for the site that you could do that with $20. If you know, you start getting drift or something, you pop that one out, toss it in the trash, a lot cheaper than having to buy a whole new controller. <clears throat> That's nice. I wish they would have done it more like Astros, though, where you can flip that stick. That would have been really cool. With it, you know, because in the Astro, you can have your controller, your joystick set up, uh, whatever way you prefer. Um, so they, they, I think they could have done a little bit more with that because that was a $200 controller as well. Um, I still have it and it still works really good. So, um, you know, and so but the, the Nacon too, how much was that? The, the Revolution Nacon Pro? Was- well, they, they revised that one four times. I, I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head. I reviewed that one. That's still my favorite pet PlayStation. Mine controller. too. Yeah. yeah, it's the best. Same. Um, I, mean, Travis, though, I would play more. I would pay more for a triple triple power battery on a normal yep. controller. Two hundred dollars if they, if the battery lasts as long as the Series X uh, controller. Right. Worth it. It yeah, won't. Hundred percent. I promise. I know you. it won't because I saw that they're using the same battery manufacturer. It's I looked into battery. this. Yeah, it's so, the same battery. I'm very upset. That's no. not worth it for me. That's a no go. I was gonna, I, that's what I was getting ready to say, Travis. I was just, while you guys were talking, I was looking through the official, official press release. The battery's not changed. Um, so, which is weird uh, because the, I don't disagree with you guys about the reliability on the Elite 2, but the battery's incredible. Um, the funny thing is, no joke, here at HCS in Seattle in the convention center, I had like a 20 minute conversation yesterday with an Xbox representative because they have an Elite. You know how they started doing the customized Elites this week or last week? Uh, they have a station set up with all different colors and you can order it. And I think the girl like me and uh, Pompa were talking and looking at them and she started talking to me and I think realized I knew what I was talking about or had a lot of experience with using these. And we got into like a 20 minute, I think she's probably a rep surveying basically, but asking me all sorts of questions about the Elite 2 and my experience and would I lease one and what do I think about the warranty and would we pay for like five-year warranties and all these questions so it was quite funny but um yeah i think on this i think that that's kind of my point travis i was disappointed with on the edge because i was all in on this but as soon as to dan's point i saw that it's still just the same parallel stick design the modules the exact same like the actual module that the thumbsticks are built on the exact same as the normal dual sense all you're getting really is swappable thumbsticks back paddles and hair triggers which okay I'll buy the 2.0 yeah. version that has a battery that lasts 14 years. Yes. That's, <laughs> I've, that's actually, I've actually come 100%. entirely around on this. I used to love the, you know, the, the lithium batteries and the, and the, and the charger cable and on the Microsoft side, it's like, nah, it's so much easier to have just rechargeable batteries in the little thing in the little unit next year. I'm with you. Next I'm year with you. box. It's yeah. funny. Cause we used to argue that. And then you have that group. It's like, why do they still use batteries? It's I came like, it's all the way around. Easier. I came all the way Dude, around. I was on all, that. All, all you have to do is have one of your PlayStation controllers stop working because yes. the battery's dead. And then you have to throw it away and you're like, okay, I see why this sucks. Cause choosing your own batteries, you get to choose, you know, the, whatever the best competitor you can find is in terms of batteries and just use those. I don't know how you guys so. play the PlayStation, but I always have one essentially charging. Uh, and yep. I, I have yeah. you have to rotate to play PlayStation. I yeah. have to hot swap I, during review periods. It's like hot swap in this PlayStation. Trailer. I have, I have three on a rotation, same way. So it's just like, yeah. no, I've never, I, I usually use two. I mean, I don't think I've ever hit that point where I've had to hit three, but 
I got complaints sure. at home because I, I think that Nintendo starts warning you about a low battery at about 50%. Like you could play that thing in another 10 hours. No. The PlayStation just dies on you. It no, it's, just, it's it like, it's like, it's hey, like, yeah, your battery's low. And you're like, what? And then dead. <laughs> That's how much reaction time you get with that stupid thing. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, mean, this, these, I love I love these controllers. I love the hardware side of it. I just I wish, like the dual sense. Yeah. 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 I, I love the dual sense. I love the actual Series S and X controllers, you know, but those elites, they they don't, you're not paying premium prices for like a premium internals. You know what I mean? They're all the same internals that you're using somewhere else. Yeah. Except that, that battery though on the elite was amazing. I will say that, but yeah, that, you know, that, that, make that's it what, worth it. That's what really annoys me about the elite because to your point, they, they changed some of the things like the what I was getting to with the thumbsticks of the PlayStation, right? The actual mechanism underneath is different on the Elite. It's actually a smoother motion on the Elite. And once you get used to that, it's sometimes hard to go back. But then to your guys' point, I've had the bumpers break on my Elite oh, yeah. like four times. You know what I mean? I'm literally, just... pr I'm processing a return for my Elite 2 right now. Yeah. I'm, like waiting, the, I'm waiting for the box to come because the right bumper it doesn't work. It sticks. Yeah. The, the internal thing, if you pull the controller apart, the in, it's just this little like that's plastic attachment. It's like, why are we not making that? You know, anyway. So um, I will say for, for PlayStation 5 players, uh, we reviewed the Victrix core controller, which is the company that PDP set up for their eSports company. It's like their higher-end brand stuff, third-party stuff. So we reviewed that, and our reviewer really liked it, and they just came out with a pro elite style controller for the ps5 mm. to your point dan that has full-on swappable modules nice. like the astro so you can move the thumbstick to be offset oh. um and it's is got it wireless panels and it's got all these features the only problem is playstation makes the haptics proprietary so oh, the hell with third that, parties then. cannot add the haptics into third-party controllers that's dumb that's stupid because i mean yep. you know what i mean you you here's the thing i play xbox I mean, I would say the last generation, generation before that, mostly that was my go-to console. Just in the last few months, just because of me having to switch my my console over to my son, uh, and and just playing the PlayStation, I really have gotten used to the haptics. I love the the dual sense functionality. You know, the the sticks to me. You know, I prefer Xbox for sure, but I'm I'm fine with the other. You know, the way they have it. I I, I really was hoping for. A lot more with this and and the battery is is kind of a deal breaker i'm gonna let other people play it and let them have at it and then like travis said wait for the 2.0 version maybe that comes out hell in six months they might have new internals you know where they don't even say anything they just kind of replace you know kind of like we did with the steam deck when they replace the fans and you know change different kinds of fans and stuff you know and and it, it sucks because i love the paddles too that used to be you know that 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 was one of my favorite things one of the things i miss the most you know, the the then they do one with like a what was it the Dual Shock Four? Didn't they have like a adapter you could buy? Yeah, you reviewed put it. on there. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, that's right. Jeez, man, I need a I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad news, guys. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. So anyway, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Uh, like we I said, it comes out January twenty sixth. If you want one, get ready this Tuesday. Hopefully, you're not listening to this after. Well, hopefully, you are listening to this after that. But if yeah. you have, you might have missed it. So. Um, guys, quickly wanted to touch on this week. We got two looks, new looks at um, very 
highly anticipated games. Uh, God of War Impressions, Ragnarok Impressions, came out a couple days ago from the major sites. Uh, apparently, they got to play the first five hours. Um, so I've read through a little, a few of these, I should say, to try and just get an idea. I will say that uh, from what I've read, obviously I have not played it, but from what I've read, it's kind of exactly what I expected. Um, in the sense, in the sense that they said that you can tell this is a continuation of God of War 2018. Look at the glee on Hoag's face when he said that. No, no. What I would say is, I, I, I was actually the glee is that I, I think there's a slightly different thing that's happening in the previews that I saw, which is that you can basically run the gamut. Uh, what is your pre-existing bias towards what God of War 2 here is going to be? You can find a preview that says it. You can find a preview oh. that says it's a PlayStation 4 game. You can find a preview that says it's the best thing in the history of mankind and everything <laughs> in between, right? So, I, again, usefulness is maybe a question mark here, but there are yes. absolutely previews that say um, this is this is the same. And there are previews that say you're not going to believe how batshit God of War is. It's so you should get excited. So, and from big stuff, like that, not, you know, Joe Blow's blog, whatever. It, it's like big, big outlets are like, it's just an amazing intro. And then other ones are like, this is totally a PlayStation 4 game. Okay. Yeah. And I, I certainly wouldn't like God of War, especially on the PS5. It's a, it's a stunning game. Like the whole, I hate the whole cross gen. So it's going to be a PS4 game. Like that's a stupid conversation. But I think that I, I guess the point for me or, or the way I'm approaching it is I'm not expecting uh, to it to feel or fundamentally from a game design perspective be vastly different from 2018. Um, that's not a bad, I don't mean that in a negative way, right? I loved it. Could be negative. We don't know what yeah. it, I mean, like if it's 30 hours of exactly the same, it's negative, right? But I'm, I'm with Dan on this, right? Like we're going to be in the fall of 2022. We are two years separated from the launch of the next gen uh, consoles. And I sincerely do not feel outside of 60 frames, which just Travis told me is unimportant. And then I'm a bad person for thinking it <laughs> that outside of those 60 frames per second, I don't have any idea what I spent a thousand dollars in 2020 on. Yeah, like I have either. no idea. That's it. I would yeah. disagree with you guys. I really, would. Okay. I think I only in the sense that I think that unplug your PS five and series X, Go plug in your One X and PS4 Pro and play all the current games for a month and come back and we'll have this conversation. But I'm going to that are that you so important to me. I already told you that. Right. Yeah, that's that, that, that's I what I would probably notice right the most. I said I'm going to lose the frames that are so important to me. I already told that's you that. Yeah, that's what no, we're No, but there's then. a lot more than that. There's a lot more than just frame rate. There, there's low times. That's great. Like, you can yeah. launch Ghost of Tsushima, like, from the dead state and it's I got a lot of like tweets done while seconds. i'm waiting for splatoon 3 to fire up okay yeah. i mean i don't know very little very little tweeting time on the modern consoles no look i i they're, they're better they are better right yes. but like in terms of why did you buy this it is very minimal and with cross gen still coming out two years later and one of the major previews is like it looks fantastic on your playstation 4 i think that does matter i i don't and if you take it away from me, it matters a whole lot. If you if you Gotham Knights me and Plague's Tale me and and like that's the future for these systems, I'm really going to be unhappy. Yeah, I would agree with you guys in the sense of I, I get what you're saying. Like I I think there are I think what's the best way to say this? I think there are more improvements than uh, are being stated. Right? Like there's certain things we've gotten used to with the new consoles, which would make going back very hard. But I do agree with you guys in the sense of we are two years into a new gen, gen quotes, uh, where there's 
it's hard to point to an experience where we say, wow, this is this is what this generation represents. Right. We yeah. we haven't gotten that yet. Is, I, 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 under, I, I think I probably agree with that sentiment, Ains, but we do have two high profile examples just in the last week of games that couldn't run on the old gen. Uh, which is why they don't have old gen versions. One is a Plague Tale Requiem, which couldn't run on old gen because they were too ambitious with the number of rats they wanted to put in the game, one would assume. And Gotham Knights, which isn't on old gen, presumably because they couldn't get it to run on those consoles, would be my guess because of optimization problems. Um, the latter of which maybe Hogue is happy with because he got a game that maybe couldn't exist on the old consoles. Uh, and the former of which I'm happy about because the ambition of that team was oversized for the old consoles and they got to make something new and unique and so if you're looking for things that why did i buy this console to play a plague tale to play God i would argue I mean, that neither of those games feel like they need the next generation and if the developers want to have thirty thousand rats that's more power to them but i dare say the game probably would be okay with fewer rats and as for gotham knights you just told me that it doesn't feel technologically complete and it has all these hitching issues and frame rate issues. And yeah, it, I, my guess is the game wouldn't have come out if the n current generation of consoles didn't exist because they would still be optimizing and trying to get it run on those consoles. But I, I mean, my, my point is that after two years, we are starting to see the bleeding edge get rid of the old. And I think that that's going to continue to be a trend. Uh, and if they have the performance that they have, then I'm going to be upset about these new boxes, right? I mean, I, it's going to turn out that the transition was the only time I actually liked them because developers are going nuts with 14,000 more rats than I need. That's right, folks. I numbered my rat needs and it's 16,000. 16,000. Interesting. Indeed. Well, you haven't, you haven't played Plague Tale Requiem, so I would encourage you to play it and then decide if you think that that, because here's the thing. If, if all you wanted with next gen is 60 FPS, but you wanted the same games, I just I think you're a different type of gamer than I am because when I think of next gen, I think of I want experiences that couldn't exist on the old one. And that doesn't just mean frames. It could mean frames. It could mean a very similar experience with more frames and maybe that's worth it. But it could also mean ex experiences that are so ambitious in other ways that they can't exist on the old consoles. I, I haven't got played Requiem. I haven't played yeah. Requiem, but I can tell you in watching it, I do not think of it as ambitious, right? It's not the type of game that I think of as breaking the mold. Yeah, right? I think Ains and I, I think, I think Ains and I disagree in certain areas about its ambitiousness. It has I parts where you're like, it. you're like, this is crazy. You know, it's it sort of it remind you know you know what a game that you liked a uh, hog or maybe degree. Remember Day, Days Gone, the way that they did zombies, and that felt like it was something that couldn't have existed on old ones because it had so many things moving and interacting with the world. It's on that level where you're like, okay, like this couldn't exist in the old ones, and maybe it's not 60 FPS, but it does something cool that the developers wouldn't have been able to accomplish on old consoles. To I'm gonna me, take your word that's for more it. important. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, hopefully, hopefully you'll get there. But if if you don't. Here's my hope is that in the next 12 months, you start seeing increasingly more and more games that don't run on old console and it becomes apparent to us why they couldn't have run. And we're like, okay, cool. This is worth the investment. Maybe oh, not early so. adopting. I think this is Sony being kind of ridiculous and, and, and making sure that they keep their old platform base. I'm not sure they're ever going to stop, honestly. So we'll see. You might be right. It's hard to it's hard to leave behind all those uh, those adopters of the PS4. You know, you know what's funny in this conversation. Well, two things occurred to me is that we have two games coming out reportedly, unless they get delayed again, in the first half of 2023, which should be the example we're looking for here. Uh, and there's caveats to both of them. What do you so think of it? I was going to say the first for me, the most impressive showcase I've seen so far of next gen, but it's going to get. Uh, people are going to throw it aside because it's a racing game. It's Forza Motorsport. 
Okay. Uh, what they're doing in that game is fundamentally not possible on old hardware. Uh, right. And you've told us that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can't see it in the trailers yet. I know this. Uh, so, sure. I mean, you've told us that. Yeah. So there's caveats there. And then you, you guys know the other game I'm going to say, which is should be our launch into next gen, is what it's supposed to be is Starfield. Mm. Oh, Starfield looks awful. <laughs> no, no, I just, I, I don't mean this. Starfield will be fun. It'll be a Bethesda RPG. Starfield looks awful. Uh, it, it looks gray. It looks unfun. Um, and so I, I'm sure it will be fun. I'm, I'm not. Looks aren't everything, Hogue. You really, do you ever look past? What the hell the... is the box for if it ain't looks, Travis? Hogue, Hogue, That's beauty's, all the box only, does. beauty's only skin deep, all right? You must be that. You just, you're so, you are yeah. just so just vain. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, I am look super, past super superficial. Yeah, totally look past their appearance and try to look for who they are as a person, Hogue. You, they're not just a slab of meat, you monster. It's just, it's just a placard of Todd yeah. Howard. That's yeah, see, a person. see, I got another sex metaphor in here. This is you're, really working. You're rocking it, Travis. You're I'm rocking it. it. Uh, no, but it, look, I, I, I mean, we have not seen what Star Citizen does. If it's so ambitious and amazing, Starfield. Star Starfield. What did I say? Citizen. Star, Star Citizen. Star Citizen. Oh, that game's bad. Uh, um, <laughs> no, Star if Starfield is so ambitious and crazy that it outweighs the look of the game, which I would argue certain games like Elder Scrolls V Skyrim isn't particularly good looking, but it does some stuff that was so good it kind of over uh, it outweighed a little bit of that shortcoming. That was like then, I, then I'm all for ago. it. Then I'm all for it. And then and then you go, okay, well. No, but even when it came out, I was sort of like, I mean, it looks okay, but it's not like, oh my god, you know, like Call of Duty I, games. Starfield looks junky out. to me. I can't help it. Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I get you. I'm just saying, there's more to a game than its looks. There, I would argue, it's one of the least important things, which is why we all if love eight bit indie games, right, Dan? Gen eight or whatever we're on. Yeah, but but That's it, what but the generation if, do, but it couldn't run on those those consoles. Right? Uh, so. If it's the ambitious enough, is, um, if it has enough RPH. rats, I don't know what Starfield's rat meter is looking like. I don't know. <laughs> At least RPS. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, RGH says Starfield really come on. It looks like a small upgrade on existing RPGs. And and I said, um, I said, look, I brought this up for a specific reason because I know people have already made full judgments on this game. Uh, it's a long way from release. I I do think, and we've joked about this before, which is why I brought it up. Uh, but I, I hope I, I get your point on the drabness and the the kind of look of the uh i don't I have guess it would aesthetic be... pleasure from looking at starfields yeah like it's artistic direction it. right it's more of the yeah. direction of the sci-fi but again let's wait to release when it releases right and we'll see what it presents as a full package i do get travis's point that there it feels like some developers that are <laughs> i feel like it's kind of funny we, we circle back on these conversations a lot because it feels like um Every generation, correct me if I'm wrong here, or disagree if you like to, but we, we continue to talk about, okay, every generation, it feels like we're getting these graphical upgrades, but where's the other upgrades to the games? Like, you know what I mean? The games feel the same. Every, they just look prettier. And then it feels like we're starting to see these um, uh, uh, experiences, which it's like, okay, we've done enough of what we need to do with graphics. Let's focus on other aspects. Uh, of the game world or game environment or mechanics and then people are like well this doesn't look like next gen and it's like well you know what i mean it feels like that the, the, we can't figure out what we actually want at the end of the day i know what i want and it's exactly you what six, you guys said you want the 60 same fps preps. same game but 60 fps so yeah I, I see this is why my disagreement is so strong on this because i think i just disagree with the people who are are they they set Super their sights too fishy. low i think 
oh yeah, I want, I want, I want, you know, Arkham Gotham Knights to be Arkham Knights, but with better graphics, which frankly, if it were like that, it would be a much better game. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that there, there are, he's not my wrong. goal. My goal is to get us to experiences we couldn't have had. And the other one, and that doesn't, that could include frames, but it's not limited to it. And it certainly isn't a requirement. For it to be good but you're or... just setting you're just the, you're just the judge and jury and executioner on that right if it, if if the game came out at 10 frames you'd, you'd criticize it for that right i mean is it like super hot it's 10 know. frames per second but it's yeah. super smooth very well timed 10 frames per second and it's an action. i mean i guess i would just have to play it but but i mean my my gut reaction is oh 10 frames sounds rough but like again there's, there's standard, always exceptions right you say no 30 is okay for your eyes dan and i are saying 60 is a better experience Right, I, I agree. Somewhere saying experience. 120 or bust, right? We know this. Yeah, but yeah. There's people who have different bars of where they go. I just say that if a game is is ambitious in other ways and it it it's hitting firing on all cylinders, then the frame rate matters less. And I don't think it's the end all be all of what makes it next gen. And I don't think we should limit ourselves to that. Well, it's got to be 60 FPS. So sacrifice everything else. That idea you had for the game that could only run at 30 FPS, but it's got all these. But it's got to cool be 30, things right? Travis, you're holding them to a 30, right? We're just talking about a quantity here. Yeah, about what where that line is. But right? you say it's got to be thirty. You're not going to accept less. I'm not, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. I, I'll take the ten frames if somehow they make a good game out of it. But look, is it going to be hard to make a good game with ten frames? Absolutely, but not impossible. I mean, go for it. Knock yourselves out. But Do whatever that you the want. Point of the new console hardware is to have. No, these I, I think people who say that don't know what the point is, and they say, "Isn't that I the agree point?" That I don't and know I go, what the point "No, is. no." Yeah. I agree that I don't know what the point is. Because yeah. I'm, I'm getting rapidly closer to this kind of like, so, what are these boxes for? I, so I think yeah. people's frustration is that they see games that aren't ambitious and don't hit 60 frames. And that is a 100% valid criticism of those games. Arkham Gotham Knights should be able to run 60 FPS for what that game it is. It looks like it should run 60. It does. It looks like it should run 60 and it looks it's nothing in it is so ambitious that you would think, oh, well, no way. No way would it run 60. But there are experiences that could be made. And so I think people's frustration is misdirected. It's really just about the games we're getting should be able to run 60 and we're not because of bad optimization or whatever. But if a game is ambitious enough, I don't think you need it. And I don't think it's going to be a, a deal breaker on people. It's just that People look to it and go, well, what was the point of it? Granted, what was what was the point of the upgrade for Gotham Knights? Well, for Gotham Knights, it was so it could run the damn game. Right, but that's a team issue, right? You're not. You I, just I said, agree, and so you, you, said so you have a right like to be mad about issue. Gotham Knights. Yeah, right, but exactly. then your then your point is kind of mooted, right? Because then you're just saying they're bad at technology, which is fair. I think they yeah. are. If as best those, I can those tell, games, but that's not the games. box. Okay, those but, but look, let's take what Ains said, right, and say I I, I don't feel next geny about Forza, and I don't feel next geny about Starfield. On the entire calendar year of what we know in 2023, three years separate now from the launch of the consoles, is there anything that you can think of that says, yes, this is why we bought the box? Because I don't see it, and I'm not. I don't care that much. I'm always going to upgrade. That's just who I am. But like, I I'm actually starting to to feel like okay. The biggest game of the year, God of War, runs apparently fantastically on the PlayStation 4. Uh, Sony, I really do think might just... Hey, man. Uh, did you join the real world? My, <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my makeshift camera mount literally just disconnected and just went sideways. So uh, in any event, I will stop arguing. I, you know, 
the funny part about this is Aiden said, we're definitely going to bring this in at less than two hours today. So it's just Travis yeah. and Rick yelling at each other. Look, look, I, I, I get people's frustration. I get people's frustration when games are both That's unambitious right. and don't hit 60 frames. They have a right to be upset. I just, I just don't like the way the dialogue is being done of like, you better be 60 frames or nothing else matters. That is a stupid argument. I think it's time to set a new standard. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, it's so it, limiting. It, it, Why would you do that? Yeah. that just it's not limiting. Sure well, it is. Because you can't do, you can't do, because if, if Plague Tale Requiem can't exist like the developers wanted to because they had to hit 60 frames, that's stupid. That's dumb. It isn't though. It, you can have it an is. expectation. You can have a standard that you expect out of the I, game that you hit. People and you are welcome to have the work. standards they want. Those standards are stupid. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, that, like it, it's just a dumb, but like your, arbitrary your thing. Let, let, no let, the, let the developer decide however many frames they want to include in their game, and you can be the judge of those games. But and saying I'm not it has to be a damn game. Time, I, I'm, I'm I, look. I'm, I'm already there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm, I've been there for a little while now. 60 frames or bust is just a, a short-sighted way of looking at it. It's myopic. Yeah. Well, the problem is in a year from now, if we're you know, pre-ordering the PS5 Pro and the Series XX, I'm going to be pretty pissed because <laughs> that's ridiculous. Because they've delivered squat. Yeah. Makes sense. It really Makes sense. You yeah. can be mad at those developers. You can be mad at those games. I All, all I'm saying is I think it's a, it's a, it's a dumb uh, uh, you know, litmus test for what makes a good game or what makes it worth your time. It's just not true. You keep reframing it. 60 makes it better. It's not what makes it good. Correct. Yeah. But but okay. if you if you're I'm saying that you won't agreement. play a game because it's not 60, then you are establishing the premise that it can't possibly be good or worth my time because it doesn't hit 60 frames, which is a, a loser of an argument. No, but I, I just think yeah, time, time. Gotham Knights. I I I, <laughs> I will play the games you deliver. I will comment on the fact that you failed to meet my expectations. Fine. That's yeah. fair. And people have the right to do that. I'm not disagreeing with their thing. I just think that the 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 um, discussion right now, the the dialogue that's being had on 60 frames or and not, no game can be good unless it's 60. I won't play it if it's 60 to me seems really myopic. I'm and, on a podcast and, right yeah. now, right? I think you are too. And we have a voice, at least a minimal one, to go and advocate for what we want the industry to do. I want to speak as loudly as I can with my voice. The developers should preference 60 frames over whatever shiny bit or last rat they want to put in their game. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'll or just – I'll an go – I'll go, I'll go to the back door meetings with the devs and say, don't listen to Hogue. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he likes Resident Evil 6 more than Village, so like, just that. write him off. You San Franciscan coastal elite with your fancy yeah. media job. S yeah. Says the guy who's a lawyer who speaks exclusively in $10 words. Tells, yeah. Calls me an elite. <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff, guys. Now, bring me, the, bring me the game <laughs> I actually was interested in talking about, Ains. Yeah. No, I think he's. I think he's cutting that out of the show because we're at ten thirty. Yeah, we'll do that yeah. next week. We'll do that next yeah. week. I'm not getting into that at this point in time. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Hogue is suggesting we go longer. He's usually the one who's like, guys, I need to wrap it up. I just assume well, no. that he's going to hit everything on his sheet. I read. Yeah. You know, I do the homework read. reading things. Check. I didn't hey, even get Hogue. the sheet. Hogue. Check the private chat. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, fine. I, I don't mind waiting on it. I'm going to wait on it maybe past its launch date. So you can wait for next week. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> guys, I, I will say one thing. I love you guys. I went through uh, a chaos this morning setting up to make sure I could do the show. I will send you a picture of this absurd setup. Um, but it was all for good reason because I love chatting with you guys every week. It's always a good time. I think we make good points even if we don't always agree with one another um and it's it's just an absolute blast so it's good to be back i missed last week and uh 
Love you guys. So yeah. I'll say that. I like you guys very much. So. <laughs> I like this group. It's a good group. Oh, I love you, Ted Farrow. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> all right we're gonna go ahead and close out chat you've been awesome today we're gonna head close out i gotta get ready for a long day of rowdy weird people that like halo too much um keep an eye on season gaming uh we got a book we've done a bunch of reviews uh, a lot of articles we had a couple really really good articles including from a new contributor last week on uh some things about gaming disorder um along with kind of the toxicity around gaming, a lot of kind of mental health type stuff, which, uh, you know, we love to put out there. Uh, so check those out if you have time or haven't yet. I'd appreciate it. Um, other than that, I will send it around the horn here. I'm just going to go down, Travis. I'll start with you, mate. What do you got? Uh, obviously, we're, we're kind of aware of the reviews and everything. You got anything coming yep. this week? Yeah, I got a Ghostbusters review coming this week Some at some point. Um, I've got a preview I can't talk about. And uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Travis. If you want to hear me rant and rail against the machine, that's what I do. Or just tweet at me. Yeah. Gifts or about it. how much he disagrees. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Hope, uh, do you have time to promote in between your 94 videos that you have planned this week, sir? I am always ready to promote. I worked up my hangouts and headlines thumbnail while we were talking today. So we're there doing all go. sorts of things. Uh, that'll go up tomorrow. We'll be talking about data protection and app mandates in the Cutter World Cup tomorrow morning. Uh, so that'll be pretty fun. Uh, and get excited for that. And then we'll be doing more virtual legalities and who knows what else. But you can find me at Hogla on YouTube and Hogla on Twitter, where Travis and I will have a lot of fun interactions because we like to rib each other. Uh, he's like my little brother. It's a lot of fun. It's, true. Aww. it's adorable. He got all the good looks and I got the brains. No. <laughs> what in the hell is happening? Oh. <laughs> oh, trying to end the show and they won't let yeah. me. That's what's my happening. taste buds are just more, you know, they're more developed. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, you've been awesome. Thank you as always for hanging out with us. Uh, if you're watching this later, really appreciate you. Keep an eye. Uh, if you have any interest in Halo in the World Championship, keep an eye on my Twitter feed as I'm kind of tweeting from the arena, meeting a bunch of people. Got a a video I'm putting up shortly, a clip from last night, which you can laugh at. Um, otherwise, we will see you next Sunday, and hopefully I will be back to my normal setup so we can uh, run a normal show here. But thanks, as always. Appreciate the support. Love you, and we will see you next week. Peace.